Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 97 of Thirst and Goal. And Ben, this is a special edition. For multiple, of. multiple <laughs> reasons. But yes, indeed, Frane. And why is it, Ben? I don't know. You tell me why it's a special edition. Well, Ben, it's been just over two years now since we started this podcast. It was, what, November 4th, correct, of 2018 yep. Yep. when we first recorded this podcast outside with that cheap uh, $20 <laughs> microphone. We should frame that. That we had hanging on the umbrella. Obviously we've uh we've well updated some of the um some of the microphones recently. Our 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 voices sound much better than they did when they were all tinny, sound like we were talking inside of a, a Coke can almost. Not the best sound quality. But Ben, you've really upgraded and updated our entire studio. A little bit, little bit. Uh, but yeah, this is an amazing two full years, two years and four days that we have been out here every single Saturday night with a few exceptions recording this podcast, a podcast about football, fun, friends, whiskey and beer reviews. Uh, we also have a very uh, depressing development to report as well. It is my 50th birthday this week, hey, so ben. it is a very depressing, it's not depressing, depressing week. It is a celebration. It'll be a celebration on the show. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll sing you a rendition of Happy Birthday, my own version yeah, of Happy Birthday. For sure. Too. Almost like a Marilyn Monroe Happy Birthday. I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, they announced this today on MSNBC and CNN. There was some other thing going on on the television. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what that was, but they announced that it was the second anniversary of Thirst and Goal podcast today. Uh, so thank you to all of the major network news channels for you know, recognizing all of the hard work that we put into this show, uh, two full years. Well, you put in a lot, you, you put in all the hard work, Ben. I mean, you write these agendas every single week, even though I give you grief every once in a while, when you miss every once in know, a while, <laughs> when you miss, you know, the, the week, whatever recap. And it's usually sometimes a week behind, yeah, you know, we occasionally, have to, I, have to, I, have occasionally. To I have to proofread event. <laughs> you know, occasionally. Uh, also the episode might be the wrong number, That's but true. Uh, you know, tonight you got it right. Episode 97 and just over two years. Ben, it's only three episodes away from episode 100. Yeah, and that is a milestone. That's when the Joe Rogan money will come our way uh, so that we can continue this podcast. I'll, I'll take just a quarter of that Joe Rogan money. Yeah, exactly. And it's a paid podcast, too. I think you actually have to pay to Do listen really? to it now. Yeah. What the? I think they're giving it away free, like for, I don't know, September. they gave it away free for a month or something, but you actually have to pay, I think, I don't know to listen to it. the podcast. I don't know if I would, I would pay for that podcast. No, I mean, and I think that's eventually where they I all. I would definitely pay for this podcast. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. nineteen ninety nine a month at least. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I think that's where podcasts let's, ultimately let's start, will end let's up. Let's start at nine ninety nine. Let's start at nine ninety nine. We can't go to nineteen ninety nine just yet. That's true. You know, we'll eventually, s- eventually, we'll start at Marshalls. We'll go up to Home Goods. We'll, <laughs> then we'll get to Nordstrom's Rack, then to Macy's, and eventually onto the higher end stores if the, yeah. any of them are still open by yeah, then. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think that's where podcasts are eventually going. There'll be you know some type of a subscription model, just like TV and everywhere else, where they try to make a buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Friday, how was your week this week? Uh, it was a good week, Ben. It was a good week. It actually it flew 
by. I work today. I woke up early this morning, Ben. So if I start slowing down uh, after the first hour and a half of the podcast, don't blame me. It was an early morning for yeah, me. What about you? I understand completely. Uh, yeah, it was a long week this week, both in terms of work and everything else that was going on uh, between my birthday and you know, there was something else going on in the country this week that kept a lot of people's attention. Uh, there was a game on Sunday night, uh, the Eagle game that we watched. There was a game on Thursday night that we watched. Uh, so it was a a pretty busy week uh this week we had painters come to our house so we had a you know there were a couple of nights where we didn't get as much sleep as we might have liked uh but franny what are you drinking over there uh tonight ben i am continuing to drink the sazerac rye with a little bit of coke a little bit of club soda like i always say i don't want too much sugar I don't want a headache. I don't want a headache in the morning. If it's just, you know, Coke and Sazerac, that's just too much sugar. We just had that cookie for your birthday, one of your favorite cookies from when you were just a little boy. Yeah, look to the cookie. (laughs) You know, this time in the football world, in the world, generally speaking, Sonia was nice enough to bring me a black and white cookie, uh, which I really, really liked as a child for some unknown reason. But it's sweet. It's got that, I don't know what you'd call that, sort of like a sponge cakey type of... it's, It's crumbly. It's spongy and it's a little dry, but but it, you know if if you layer enough of that chocolate and vanilla on there, you know it adds a little bit of moisture. So it's it was it was a good cookie. It wasn't it wasn't overly sweet. Yeah. I don't like overly sweet sweets. You know I don't want too much sugar. Like I just said, yeah, I don't like the, too much sugar. I don't too want much the sugar. sugar in here. Have a cannoli. <laughs> uh, cannolis, I love. Yeah, I love cannolis, and I am drinking the Plymouth gin it's a beautiful beautiful gin that franny was look luck or lovely enough to oh, pick thanks, up for man. me uh-huh. a couple weeks ago it goes great with rosemary a little bit of lime mm-hmm. and a little bit of tonic yeah that's a delicious looking cocktail you have yeah, right there ben this is a good one and because it's my birthday franny may be tired later in the show i also may be inebriated later <laughs> in the show so just a heads up as we get through the show uh yeah, tonight tonight's a celebration ben and uh you know i don't think anybody would blame you you for slurring your speech towards the end of this podcast. Yeah, any, I mean, you only turn 50 once. Yeah. Any birthday <laughs> that ends in a zero after 30 is depressing. That's hey, just the way it goes. Tom Brady's only a little bit younger than you. Yeah, that's so, true. I mean, you know, he's he's almost there also. So you look, look what he's doing. He's tearing it up out there. Yeah. How could I get Antonio Brown to come and help me <laughs> in my career endeavors? Yeah, maybe we'll, get a cryogenic chamber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Friday, what are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, tonight, Ben, on the big board, we have our NFL news as usual. We have a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. We also have our week eight recap and week nine picks. We also have our tag team news, our Thurston Goal news. Ben, your seven and zero, soon to be eight Can and you zero. Believe it, Steelers. Watch the Cowboys beat us. That should, if that, that happens, I will not talk to you. <laughs> I will true. not talk to you if the Cowboys, <laughs> Cowboys win. Uh, my Eagles and Sonya Seahawks. Sonya will join us eventually, maybe by the first week of the playoffs <laughs> for yeah. the Seahawks game. Hopefully. Yeah, she'll be angry enough going into that game. (laughs) And we also have our shot of the week, which is another spicy shot. As long as the Steelers continue to be undefeated, we will keep these spicy shots rolling because Ben loves the spicy shots. He doesn't like the sweetness with the uh, Irish creams and and uh, the coffee liqueurs. He's not he's not a big fan of those types of shots. He likes the spice. He likes that heat. Not so much the tequila, but hey, whatever. But I noticed you took it up a notch this week. It is. It is. It is. It is actually, we haven't named this shot. We're going to have to name this shot before the end of the show, before we get to that segment. Um, we'll definitely come up with something, but there's sriracha in this shot. I'm sure this one's going to be spicy, Ben. Yeah, it looks... Uh 
It looks terrifying. Intimidating. It looks terrifying. It looks intimidating for sure. <laughs> we also have our beverage of the week, which is another offering from Ardbeg. We've had what the Ardbeg Wigwadal. We have the we've had the ten year. We've had the wee, wee beastie. beastie. Uh, this is the Corivrecken. I'm not sure if yeah. I'm saying that correctly, but it's the core. I couldn't even attempt it. It is a highly rated Ardbeg. Uh, this is a uh, a birthday gift for you, for me, Ben. <laughs> so happy birthday. I know you love your Isla Scotches. I do. And uh, we also have our beer of the week, which is from Huntington Beach, bro. Is, oh, is bro. from Huntington, bro? Uh, did Chad give this to you? Uh, it was Chaz. Chaz. Chaz, Chaz bro. Yeah, Chaz and Xander. <laughs> Xander. That's such with a With an X, though, dude. <laughs> yeah. Not with a Z, with an X. And we also have our Thurston Goal betting corner, which should be called Ben's betting corner. Uh, because, Ben, it's all about you with that betting corner. Yeah, and we also yeah, have our housekeeping yeah. to finish up the night. All right, Friday, what's first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben, we have our NFL news. Yes, NFL news. Can you believe that we are going into week nine with nary a hiccup along the way? (laughs) Uh, Actually, I would consider so far this season to be a success given the limited amount of issues that they've had as well as the limited number of rescheduled games that they've had. Uh, Actually, they've been doing a, a, a much better job, I think, than a lot of us expected all the Vegas season bets are still intact. Uh, but first up, bad news in the Bay. Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle down on injured reserve. Bad news for that everyone knew was coming became official on Thursday. The San Francisco 49ers placed quarterback Jimmy G and tight end George Kittle on injured reserve. Garoppolo left San Francisco's loss to Seattle with a high ankle sprain. Coach Kyle Shanahan said on Tuesday, while Kittle suffered a small fracture in his foot during the fourth quarter. Each of them will miss at least three weeks on IR, although it is likely uh, that they will have longer absences, especially Jimmy G. Coach Kyle Shanahan said on Tuesday that Kittle could miss eight weeks, taking it damn near the end of the season, while Garoppolo's injury is usually four to six weeks. But in this case, since he had this injury earlier and it was continuing to nag him, that could go longer as well. The 49ers at four and four will host the Green Bay Packers, or they did host the Green Bay Packers on Thursday Night Football, where they were shellacked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick Mullins started in place of Garoppolo, and Jordan Reed was activated from IR. Kittle previously. Jordan Reed just can't. He can't stay healthy. He can't. I mean, that guy. I mean, he'll be back on IR pretty soon. But again. at least he gets some. At least he gets a little bit of money to pad the bank account. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kittle previously missed two games this season, and Garoppolo also missed two earlier games uh, with a separate ankle injury. As the 49ers' issues with injuries have been long and unfortunate before the 2020 season even commenced. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson says this is nothing. <laughs> uh, but Fran, I would say you about hey, Jimmy G. The Niners have a ton of injuries this year. Yeah, but at year. least they still had you know. Their, their best offensive weapons on the team and in place with Kittle. I mean, I know they had a lot of injuries, especially yeah, on defense, defense, but at least they had their quarterback and probably the best offensive weapon, if not the second or third best offensive weapon in the league, still on the field until this week. Uh, but what do you think about Jimmy G, one of your, or was no, one of your no, favorite no, he's not. quarterbacks? No, he's not. No, he's not. Uh, but I mean, you know, if it's going to happen, might as well happen this year. You know, I mean, Seahawks look very good this year. Arizona looks good as well. Um, you know, it would have been a struggle to, you know, compete for the playoffs this year, even fully healthy. So if it's going to happen, 
might as well be this year. I mean, the Seahawks are, you know, I mean, uh, the Niners are going to be looking for a good draft pick right now, the way things are looking, but way too many injuries to start the season, and they've fallen behind in this division, and it uh, looks like they're not going to make a run, so look towards the draft. Yeah, I mean, Nick Mullins played pretty <laughs> well uh, the season at Garoppolo was out, but ultimately the bloom came off that rose, and I think everyone knows what Mullins is. I mean, what do you think, Frana? Do you think it is time for the San Francisco 49ers to look in a different direction? Possibly. At the quarterback position going forward, yeah, or is possibly. Jimmy G going to be the answer for a number of years to come? But they may get a draft I've heard pick. rumors. I've heard rumors that they're kind of shopping him around, see what they can do with him. Back to the Pats. Uh, <laughs> man. No, I wouldn't want him to go over there. Yeah, that's uh, a rumor, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with with Jimmy G. I mean, he is a game manager. I know you've been you've been uh, kind of harping on that whole thing with CBS calling uh, Roethlisberger oh, around a game the NFL. Manager. Yeah, yeah, and, and Roethlisberger, you're a podcast manager. That's what you are around the NFL. <laughs> yeah, very mediocre. It'll get you through. They give you all the information you need, but no one's going to remember it the next day. Not take you seriously when you can't say that kind of shit. Yeah. But uh, uh, you know, Garoppolo you know, is Patrick Mahone's the game manager. <laughs> No, but Garoppolo, he is, you know, he's pretty much a game manager. Um, so, it, you know, they could definitely move on from him if they can get something for him, maybe draft somebody this year. You know, you know, like we always say, Ben, it's, it, you know, quarterbacks don't grow on trees. And, uh, you know, he's a solid quarterback. Yep. But is he the guy that's going to take you over the top? You know, it, it, look at Goff and how he played in the Super Bowl. He's also sort of a game manager. Is he the kind of guy that could take you over the top? And so Garoppolo, is, you know, he falls into that category of just, you know, game managers. If you have a really good team around him, then you can definitely make it far. But you can't have, you know, a, a mediocre team and carry them, you know, kind of like uh, my boy Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah, exactly. Or Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger, the game manager, going five wide in the game against the Ravens, going down the field and scoring at least twice without a single running back on the field. That's what a game manager does. <laughs> Goes five wide and throws the ball down the field on one of the best defenses in the league. That's definitely a game manager type of situation around the NFL. Uh, but what do you think about George Kittle? Is this potentially the beginning? I tend to think this might be the beginning of the early uh, you know, Rob Gronkowski injury yeah. years where he plays at such a high competitive level that he puts his body in harm's way so consistently and so often that this yeah. might he's just aggressive. He's yeah. he's overly aggressive. I mean he's not he's not a guy that I would like to tackle, but you take enough tackles, you take enough hits, and those things pile on over time. You know, and this is like you said, it's it's this is sort of the beginning. You know, he has a fracture right now. It could be a shoulder, you know, next time. You know, it's just these little injuries that sort of add up that when you turn 29, 30 years old, you're like, I don't know if I can take this, yeah, this exactly. punishment anymore. I might want to retire early. And, you know, he's, he's definitely, he's made his money. We'll see how, how things play out. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But, yeah, he, he's he's definitely an aggressive yak type yeah, of guy. Maybe the uh, Smokey the Bear stop, drop, and roll <laughs> of, you know, approach of Zach Ertz might be the smarter approach. Uh, <laughs> give you a longer career. Oh, he's, he's injured right now, too. But uh, we'll see. But I think Kittle... I don't know that he can continue to play with that level of aggressiveness mm -hmm. and that level of I abandon. Mean, Adrian Peterson too, same type yeah. of like just an aggressive runner, and we we've seen how his career has sort of run its course, where he's just you know torn an ACL, both ACLs I think at maybe. least. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, but you know it's it's just that aggressive running style. Kittle has that same sort of um, you know reckless abandon when he's running down the field. Yep. And, uh, you know, it definitely takes a toll on the body. It's like, you know, getting into multiple car accidents every game. 
Yeah, exactly. All right, Franny, ready to move on? I am, Ben. All right. Next up, Ravens are the fool's gold. Whatever that, whatever that metal is that you know that you find when you're out there mining for gold that looks <laughs> like gold but is not in fact gold. That is what the Baltimore Ravens are. Lamar Jackson knows he cost his team. In Sunday's 28-24, to 24, right on the point spread in the wrong direction, lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kevin Patra of NFL.com reported, the turnovers, I feel, is the reason why we lost the game. Hmm, only four of them. Via the team's official website, Lamar Jackson says he puts that on himself. Jackson was simply stating the obvious. His four-turnover game kept the Steelers in it early when... Sorry. Sorry, I had to flip the page there. When Roethlisberger's <laughs> offense was doing bupkis, uh, they allowed Pittsburgh to take the lead and seal the win. The Ravens quarterback started off the roller coaster game with a pick six on the first drive to Devin Push's replacement, which was really, really sweet, uh, throwing right in his own coverage. Uh, true day, two drives later, Jackson fumbled inside the Steelers' 10 yard line, costing Baltimore at least three more points. Uh, the turnovers were the difference in the game in which the Ravens outgained the Steelers 457 to 221, outrushed them 265, golly, 265 to 48. Golly, you're showing your age right golly, now. Golly, that's a lot of yards. You wouldn't have said that last week. No, exactly. <laughs> Generated 25 first downs to just 19 and had 79 offensive plays to Pittsburgh's 50. At times, Jackson looked like his MVP self dashing through the Steelers' stalwart defense. Pass interference. However, the highs came with far too many lows, particularly for a pass offense that can't find its footing. He played hard. He made a lot of plays. The turnovers obviously were disappointing. That's the difference in the game. In some ways, obviously, Coach John Harbaugh said, we're disappointed with that part of it. We're very happy with other parts of it. Not sure what parts of it they're happy with. I thought he complete, competed, made a lot of great throws and a lot of, of runs like that. So it's a mixed bag in that sense. But, of course, we're not pleased with losing the turnover battle. Lamar Jackson is finally sort of reached his peak, I think. This is about as good as it gets for the Baltimore Ravens. They drafted the wrong quarterback. They have oh, the wrong scheme. Really? And without the ability MVP. for their quarterback to throw the ball down the field at all consistently, you cannot win in the NFL with no drop-back passing game to speak of. He can't do it. He can't handle it against the Steelers' defense, and that's as good as it gets for the I defenses think, around the league. So sorry, Lamar. You know, I think you deserve a shot for that. Ben. I definitely you deserve say a shot for negative that. about the Baltimore. Well, Ravens. come on, let me. You see that? Did you see those that yardage I difference? Know, I know. Well, I mean that that it was impressive what they did on the ground. You know, I mean the Steelers' defense. I, that's we gave a up a lot of yards, yards on the ground, but mm -hmm. that's, I mean, they had at but one you kept point Lamar in check. I mean, you definitely kept Lamar in check, especially that fourth down play uh, in the red zone on fourth and two or whatever it was where, I mean, they, the, the Steelers really schemed that. I oh, mean, yeah. they, they had eyes on Lamar because they Spillane. knew what he was going to do. And Spillane has, yeah, he, he played Filling really well. Filling in for Devin Bush, he played pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they, they really kept him in check. They, I mean, he is their number one weapon, or he potentially could be their number one weapon on that team, but the Steelers really took care of business. Yeah, I mean, a pick six, you know, started the game. Steelers kind of stalled out on offense for the rest of that half, but came roaring back in the second half with game manager Ben Roethlisberger uh, to keep them out of the end zone. They didn't keep them in check in terms of getting yardage down the field, but at least we were able to, on many occasions, keep them out of the end zone. The defense played spectacular, but sorry, John Harbaugh. Sorry, Lamar Jackson. This is as good as it gets for you. <laughs> You are not going to compete with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You are not going to compete with teams like the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the ceiling for you. 
Sorry. <laughs> well, Ben, you deserve a shot for that. I do. I and mean, just, for our drinking game agreement. In blood. In blood that we signed years ago. Not more than two years ago. Yes. <laughs> <But> <laughs> two years you, and four if, days ago. If you say four anything score. negative about any team in your division, which is the... NFC North, AFC, AFC North. North. <laughs> or if I say anything negative about any team in my division, which is the NFC East, or if Sonya, whenever she's on the podcast, if she's anything, if she says anything negative about a team in the NFC West, then she takes a shot. We should probably add the Seahawks, or they add the Seahawks to that list. At least then she'd have to do a shot. Yeah, exactly. If, if she says anything negative, because that's the only team in that yeah, division that she says exactly. anything negative about, which she shouldn't. I mean, they, uh, yeah. they're having, I mean, they've been. One of the best teams in the league for the past eight years. So she has nothing to say. I mean, they probably should have won two Super Bowls and not one. But think? that's a whole different story. Uh, but Ben, you said some negative things there about Lamar. Thank you. Let's so, do this. What are we drinking? It is the Bird Dog Strawberry Flavored Whiskey. It is the number one whiskey amongst college kids out there. <laughs> a lot of this over there at Arizona State, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, All exactly. Right, let's, let's take this shot. From All right. It. Cheers, Ben. Here we go. Ah, tasty, sort of. It's actually better when it's a little lukewarm. I think um, the colder this stuff gets, the worse it gets. It has a little bit of a sourness to it. Yeah. As it gets colder, as it's chilled, in warmer weather, you, you taste more of the sweetness and the strawberry. But yeah, the number one rated whiskey amongst college kids uh, out there on College Connoisseur. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> this For state colleges around the country, this is the one you want to drink. <laughs> uh, but Friday, what do you think about Lamar? And the Ravens, do you think they are at their ceiling, at their peak, in terms of what they're able to do on offense? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the Steelers, like I said, they allowed a lot of yards on the ground, but they kept Lamar in check. I think that's the only thing they tried to accomplish, and they did exactly that in this game. If it was schemed any differently, if they focused more on the run game, Lamar maybe had a better game, would have had a better game. But, um, no, I mean, that, he's definitely a weapon. I mean, you know, like, you don't. You might not think he's that good. He's in your division. You know, I, I, I don't blame you. I thought he was great you know, last I mean, year. I, he... I hated Romo. <laughs> I hated Romo for years, not because he was a terrible quarterback, because he was a good quarterback. And I think Lamar Jackson is getting some of the hate from you because he is actually a good quarterback. He's a dangerous quarterback. But yeah, he's in I'm your not division. throwing any, not throwing any shade Baker Mayfield's way. Yeah, not well. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You might be throwing some towards Joe Burrow pretty soon the way that kid's been playing yeah. but you know Lamar Jackson definitely a huge weapon for that team but the Steelers did an excellent job bottling him up entire game yeah and I have another story coming up hoping to go back to back shots here <laughs> uh, hey, it's your birthday but it's hard to know whether it's Lamar Jackson's inability to throw the ball down the field or whether it's John Harbaugh's and the offensive coordinator's scheme that's preventing him from throwing the ball down the field and dropping back and passing. Uh, but clearly, you can't have the you can't run the ball eight, nine consecutive times. Yeah, if you if you if you gain eighty five yards, you can. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but you know, but when you're playing teams in the playoffs like the Chiefs, and if you get to the Super Bowl and you're up there against the Packers or the Seahawks or one of those teams, I, I just don't see them being able to. Well, against the Seahawks, they could probably score forty two points on de- against their defense, at least as currently constructed. But eventually, they're going to have to be able to throw the ball down the field and light up some defenses and keep defenses honest. So we'll see how it goes. Franny, ready to move on? Yes, I am, Ben. All right. Next up, a team from the NFC East. Least. Dwayne Haskins is on. Dwayne Haskins 
apparently on the trade block for 2021. Who would want the guy? Although Ron Rivera says no, he hasn't given up on his his second-year quarterback. Washington quarterback Dwayne Haskins hasn't panned out, so it's unsurprising that if anyone wants to make an offer for him, Washington would be interested in listening. Haskins hasn't been actively shot, but the team is open to trading him. Ian Rappaport of of NFL.com reported, how much could Washington get for Haskins? That's the question. Nothing. He was the fifteenth pack of Wrigley. Fifteenth. Uh, that's a that's an Eagles like draft pick right there. The fifteenth overall draft pick in last year's draft. Probably not much, given that he struggled as a rookie and was benched this year. The Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen with the tenth overall pick in two thousand eighteen, then traded him for the sixty two or sixty second overall pick in two thousand nineteen, plus a twenty twenty fifth round pick. Uh, Haskins is under contract through the twenty twenty two season. At very affordable salaries, a team trading for him would only owe him about $5 million for the rest of his rookie deal, and that's a bargain for a franchise, quote-unquote, franchise quarterback. But it seems unlikely that any team still views Haskins as a franchise quarterback. Franny, what say you about a team in your division shopping their coveted first-round pick? Yeah, I mean, he's terrible. I mean, he's, that's... You really, I mean, oh, there's, there's a shot. Okay, yeah, but I mean, he is terrible. I mean, I'm just, I'm just stating facts. I mean, the guy well, has not. You know, you could say he's, uh, he hasn't panned out. He no, I mean, if, didn't if, live if up to was, the expectations. If he was drafted in terrible. the fourth, fifth round, okay, you don't expect much from the guy, but first round, you expect a little bit more. I think it was a little premature to pick this guy up that soon in the draft. I think what in, in college he played like one full year. I think that's yep, what it was. Oklahoma, I mean, he had yeah, bad, Oklahoma. Bad mechanics, not very accurate with the football. And I mean, look at his completion percentage. I mean. Uh, it's in the what? Not even sixty percent. Yep. You know, so I mean, just look at those numbers, and he also seems like he's a little immature as well, and that doesn't bode well for a starting quarterback. Uh, but you know, I mean, they can shop him all they want, but they're not going to get anything in return for this guy. I mean, do you think there's any upside for him? I mean, a team can go out no. there, float, you know, no. float a fourth and a seventh for him, maybe a pick back, him up, maybe, maybe a backup quarterback. But you know, I don't. He's not going to be a starter anywhere in the league. Yeah, I mean, I would not be shocked if the Colts. Or a team like that, you know, made a run at him, a team with a quarterback that's on his last legs out there. Obviously, they don't want to have Jacoby Brissett starting. I don't know if Frank Reich would be in the is in the reclamation business, but a team with an older quarterback potentially oh, might I, take a flyer take a on shot, him. Though? You have to. Yeah, well, you said that the quarterback was terrible. Well, he is. He well, he <laughs> is. Uh, he is less. Well, you said Lamar Lamar Jackson. I didn't say he was terrible. I just said he can't throw the ball down the field. Or he's not being allowed, or he's hey, not being your, permitted your, to throw the ball uh, down the blast. field, and that's a problem for any team uh, because you can't, you cannot operate that way. There's just a little bit there for you. Oh, ben. right, because the next story we're going to go back to back to back. Oh I my think. God, we're going to be drinking a lot tonight. Here ben. we go. Oh, uh, cheers. I, I, do we have enough? I think we have enough. Yep. In this if, bottle. if not, we have some other disgusting choices yeah. in the house. Not a huge fan of Fireball. Yeah. But, oh, we have to finish this <laughs> right get, away to get to that. <laughs> to get to that. All right. Well, Let's cheers, do ben. it. Uh, happy birthday! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you ready to move on? I, I am from the NFC. I don't know, I'm kind of scared now. East. Let's see who's next up on the agenda right now. Next up, everybody's favorite malcontent felon. Well, he's not a felon yet. Let's be fair. He is not a felon. The charges were dropped. Uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown speaking to the media for the first time since signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wide receiver Antonio Brown expressed gratitude Wednesday for having the opportunity to rejoin a team after a year and a half away from football. Being away from the game for a year and a half just to be able to be part of the process. To be out there with the guys today was surreal. 
something I don't take for granted, something I have a great appreciation for, a better perspective about, Brown said. That sounds like someone wrote that for him. Brown said he's missed the allure, the allure of the games and awards that come with being one of the top receivers in the NFL, but he tried to use his time away from the game productively. He said it took a lot of time. I took a lot of time away from the game to reevaluate. Yeah, that was it was definitely voluntary to reevaluate <laughs> myself, to look within, to get a better perspective of myself, of working on myself within and without. Oh my God. The Bucks are Brown's fourth team in 20 months. He was just reinstated by the league after an eight-game suspension for violating the NFL personal conduct policy, currently on felony probation for burglary with battery charges stemming from an altercation. So he's not a felon yet. With the delivery felon with an altercation with a delivery driver of a moving company. He's twice been accused of sexual misconduct in the past year and faces a civil lawsuit from one of the accusers, which is scheduled to go to trial December 14th. Although I guess I'm guessing they're going to get that pushed out a little bit. Uh, Brown said, I've been spending a lot of time with family. Oh, Lord. Working with myself and just staying resilient. Well, he, did. he spent time with his kids. He threw little like, gummy yeah, dicks gummy at his dicks wife. Gummy dicks at his, you yeah, know, the spent, mother of his children. He spent a lot of time with his family. Yeah. I'm not going to read the rest of this quote because <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, Franny, what do you think about Antonio Brown? Can Tom Brady get this clown in oh, shape? Oh, there it is. <laughs> in game shape. Yeah, that, you know, that was another part of the drinking right. game right there. If you say anything negative about any team in your division or Antonio, Antonio Brown, Brown uh, then you take a shot for that, and so you have a shot coming for that. Well, ben. in fairness, in fairness, it was yeah, a whatever a year that was it last bag. year. It I was, mean, it's been it was a long. It was it was like forty straight episodes yeah. where it was just bad mouthing Antonio Brown. We had to throw that into into the drinking game. But he was in the news week after yeah, week. But it, we after had so week much to talk about. It was week. always so much fun to talk about it, though. But I wish Antonio Brown all the best. I really do. Oh, I, I want good. <laughs> why? I really why? hope I, why I, because I enjoyed his time. I enjoyed watching this guy play football. In Pittsburgh, like I've said so many times, he's one of the best wide receivers over the past 10 years that I've watched, actually ever that I've watched in the NFL. His hands are amazing. He's not a big guy. You know, Julio Jones is a big dude. Megatron was a big dude. Um, eh, DeAndre Hopkins is not, you know, the biggest of the guys. But I mean, those guys, you know, they have, you know, they're they're physically built. To is be, it because the Eagles seem to try to draft Antonio <laughs> Brown every year unsuccessfully? They, they do try to find, <laughs> find those Antonio Browns out there, those slow, those small, speedy receivers. For some reason, I don't know why they do it, but they keep on doing it. Um, but no, I, I I do hope that he maybe has turned a corner. Maybe maybe he did take some time to reflect. I could just see him, you know, uh, you know, taking a walk on on the beach or whatever. Oh my god, with, with, the, his, with the mindfulness app up on where, his phone, where, just that, meditating. Where's that, where's that drama music that you have? Um, uh, for um, that dramatic music for uh, uh, Tom Brady that you usually have. The let me. Well, the uh... Uh, was it that one? No, it was like it was like as the world turns. It was like one of those. That one, yeah. So he's <laughs> he's he's standing by the reflection pond, and you know, pondering his life and wondering which direction he wants to go. Does he want to be? <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Does, does you know? Does he want to be a a you know convicted felon? <laughs> Potentially. Might be a little late for that, but okay. <laughs> or does he want to turn his life around and stop throwing gummy dicks at his wife and catch footballs <laughs> for a living once again instead of charges? And be one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game. Well, what do you? He is. He is. A Hall of Famer. I mean, right now, no, God, you, no. you, you, you wouldn't be a Hall of Famer. No, you wouldn't now. be a Hall of Famer no, wide receiver. No, no, you don't play until he's thirty. No, he's thirty-one right now. Yeah, but the last three years, two years, and then the last year with the Steelers. Well, he gave us a lot to talk about. I mean, we, we, 
Yeah, you know, I mean, he should be on our Hall of Fame. Like, he can he definitely get into the Pete Rose Hall of Fame podcast Hall of Fame because Antonio Brown gave us so much to talk about week after week. It was just so much of Antonio Brown uh, uh, news and so many shots, Ben, that we took. But maybe, maybe he's turned a corner finally in his life. He's not in the cryogenic chamber. He's not burning his feet up. Maybe he's got the TB12 behind him. Maybe, and but that's that's who he reminds me of. I mean, for a while there, I don't know if you know about uh, Pete Rose. You know, all-time hit leader in baseball was kept out of the Hall of Fame, so he opened his own little Pete Rose Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, <laughs> New York, where the actual Hall of Fame is. And every time there was a ceremony or something happening in Cooperstown, he would open his his nasty little shop that was in Cooperstown as well to sign balls and try to make you know some extra bucks. That to me is sort of the Antonio Brown scenario. Like he, him, and Pete Rose probably should be buddies. <laughs> Him, you know, him, Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, they should all be hanging out together. Hey, uh, Antonio Brown, you got to respect what he did. In oh, Pittsburgh. for sure. I yeah. mean, he, he was probably, you know, next to Lynn Swan, probably the best receiver the Steelers have ever had. Uh, you know, made Ben Roethlisberger look amazing. Well, ben made Roethlisberger the team made look, him ama- look amazing, too, because we saw what happened when Ben Roethlisberger went down. And he had a different quarterback. He wasn't the same kind of dude, but now he's got Tom Brady. But Mike Tomlin knew exactly when to cut bait with Antonio Brown and did so. So we'll see. But I mean, Tom Brady claims he's mentoring him. And Bruce Arians is the right coach for him too. You know, Bruce Arians has dealt with, I'm sure, a lot of difficult personalities. And so I think Bruce Arians can definitely, you know, take this guy under his wing and sort of guide him in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, and you know, at the beginning of the season, if you recall, Bruce Arians said, no way, no how, I don't want that guy on my team. He's well, nothing but trouble, but Tom Brady stomped his feet, and he begged for some ice cream, and he said he needed to stay up later than his bedtime, and eventually, Bruce Arians gave in, and here you have Antonio Brown. We, we gotta stop this. It, well, yeah, this is the last story for the news this week, so... Until we get to it, the... Until we get to... The tag team news. The tag team then, news. Uh, there might be some more... Shots at yeah, that point, but this is a good birthday back to back to back. Yep, it is. I did ben. plan the agenda this way <laughs> uh, because you know Dwayne Haskins probably didn't belong on our agenda. But are we going to talk about Des Bryant finding a new team? Oh yeah, hey, Des hey, Br- hey. Where did, uh, let's do the shot and then we'll and we'll talk yeah, about cheers, Des. Cheers. Ah, uh, yeah, Des ended up with Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. Ben, how do you feel? Oh, about you're trying that? to get me to do another shot? Maybe. <laughs> I think. Well, he was in the he was in the skybox this past week, right? He was sort of hanging out, you know, doing what Des Bryant does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I kind of put him sort of in the... I'm not sure what he has left in the tank. In the Alden Smith bucket. Mm-hmm. You know, sounded great. Started out great. And then just sort of petered out. Another I, diva wide receiver. Yeah. They all seem to be divas for some reason. I'm not sure what it is about that position. And what's he, 33? Uh, he's, he's not a young guy. I mean, he's, well, technically he's a young guy. But football. But do you think he's got anything he's left in the tank? I mean, I think they're desperate for I mean, offensive weapons. He looks. I mean, like Hollywood Brown is. He looks like he's in still. I mean, he he's been working out. I mean, oh, for, for sure. as long as he's been out of the league right now, I think it's what 2017 or whatever. I think that's when he played his last game. He still looks like he's in really good shape. You know, he probably lost a step here and there, but you know, he knows how to play the game. Yeah, and he's been trying to get back in the league for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. Had some suitors along the way. And finally, John Harbaugh, you know, taking a, a a page out of Bruce Arians' book, is desperate enough to try to find someone for Lamar Jackson to throw the ball to that isn't named Hollywood Brown. <laughs> you know, I I, I just I, I find cool it name. hard That's to That's a pretty cool name. Yeah, he's also related to Antonio Brown. So the good Brown. I should call him the good Brown. 
Uh, because he's he actually is an amazing, exciting player to Antonio watch. Antonio Brown was fun at one point too. Uh, that's yeah, true. You know, that's you, true. A few that's more true. seasons, he might be the new Antonio Brown. That's true. But he could have taken the the Le'Veon Bell route, but instead he went the Antonio Brown route. Uh, but I mean, do you think? I don't think Des Bryant's got much left in the tank. I just well, see, if he I'm did, actually, why no, wouldn't another I'm, team have I'm, signed I'm, him by now? I'm interested to see what he does have left in the tank. I mean, I hated the guy. I I really hated the guy when he played for the Cowboys. Um, because he was, you know, he was, he was a decent wide receiver. You know, he, he was, he was, he wasn't great, but he definitely put his name out there because of, uh, his antics off the field. I mean, basically that's why he was in the news, just like, you know, Odell Beckham. I don't, I don't see him as, you know, a great wide receiver, but he just puts his name out there and, you know, you just know his name because of the off, off the field. Oh yeah. I mean, I actually think that is at the, at both of their peaks, I would, I would say Des Bryant was probably a more valuable receiver for the all team. around, yeah, for the team, yeah, because he could play tough, he could play inside out, he could run any route, yeah, good hands, he could go up and grab any ball mm-hmm. and muscle, you know, muscle. DBs. And it was not a catch against Green Bay. No, it definitely, it, it hit definitely the was not. It hit the ground. It hit the ground for all the Cowboys fans that are still crying about that play. It was not a catch. Yeah, it was same thing with incomplete. the immaculate reception. It was a catch. <laughs> Sorry, Cowboy fans. Uh, you know the immaculate reception reception was a, a catch. Is, is that another shot? Yep. Like let's do one oh, more shot, God. and then we'll go to the we'll go to the, right. the, the. Okay, we're really not going to make it beyond an hour. The new, in this show. The new listeners, <laughs> I don't know any of you guys that listen to our um, our first St. Patrick's Day episode. Oh, 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 it's almost like gone right there, Ben. You know what? You know what? Can you keep on talking for? Just yeah, a second? I'm going to keep on talking for a second. Oh, gonna, this is pretty much done. He's going to run. That in. bird dog is done, and I'm going to grab. The fireball for you, Ben. I'll be right back. All right. But this reminds me a little bit of the our first, our very, very first St. Patrick's Day episode back in, I believe it was early 2019, uh, when Franny and I decided that we were going to, you know, give the fans of the show an entertaining a uh, couple, two, three hours. We we had a St. Patrick's Day episode. We drank a lot of whiskey. We drank a lot of beer. We had the Boatingtons, and oh, we man, had some Guinness as well on that show. And by the time that show was over, it got a little bit messy. <laughs> so this show, uh, let me just tell you in advance: if you're going to listen to the betting corner portion of this show, probably don't take oh, a lot oh, of oh, advice. I'm a little bit extra in there for you. Yeah, man. Don't Sorry, t- my bad. Don't it's take your birthday. Don't take a lot of advice in the betting corner portion because right, that's going to be are. about there two hours from now. Yep. So you know whatever I say, if it isn't Kansas City, you know probably don't listen to it. All right, you want to do this one? Let's do it. All right, here we go. All right, cheers. Cheers. Bottoms up. Uh, one thing I can say about being 50 is I will definitely have a long ass day tomorrow. Yes, you will. All right, Franny. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. Yes. Thank you all to our new listeners. We see you and we know who you are and we (laughs) truly, truly appreciate that you're with us. You know, that you're, you've decided to find the show and you're sticking with us, uh, throughout our season. Uh, but also thank you to our loyal listeners that have been with us all the way back to 2018. And we know that there are a lot of you that have been with us from late 2018, early 2019 to present. And we truly, truly appreciate it. We're a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening tonight, tomorrow, next week, in the car, at work, wherever it is that you're listening to the show, please consider heading to our website at thirstygold.buzzbrow.com. Or search Thirsting Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate. How many stars, Friday? Five stars only, Ben. Yes, give us a hit that. Pound it. 
pound that rating button, especially on Apple Podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. We truly appreciate it. Please tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, just one person in your life or some person that you run into at the supermarket this week about our show and get our show in their podcatcher. We would truly, truly appreciate it. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben. We have our NFL Week 8 recap and Week 9 picks. All right. For those of you that have been able to stick with us this far uh, on an interesting show so far, I think, (laughs) at least for us anyway. It's fun. Uh, So thank you for your patience. And we'll be right back with our Week 8 recap. All right, and we are back with our NFL Week (laughs) 8 recap and Week 9 pick. Why are you laughing? I don't know. I feel like our fans would say this. I would want a little bit more Christmas. In that first first set of stories there. It was a fun set of stories out there. For us, for sure. Yeah, of course. You know, just grab, you know. Grab whatever your favorite drink is and drink along with us. Yes, it's my birthday, guys. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you know, respect the birthday. <laughs> uh, most football fans are probably not in my age cohort. Uh, and Franny always reminds me of that when I make a reference from about 30 years ago. And after the show, he's like, I don't think anybody's going to get that. Remember MASH? Remember <laughs> the, the final episode of MASH? Like, I, I, I don't know how many people remember the final episode of MASH. A lot of people you know. remember that. Uh, but Franny. What's next on the big board? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ben, like I just mentioned, uh, (laughs) the week A recap and the week nine picks. (laughs) All right. So we're going to go through uh, the games in week eight. First up on the slate is one of Frane's beloved, the Vikings at the Packers. This was a beautiful, beautiful game. At this point, the Vikings 28. Packers 22, Vikings fall at this point to 2 and 5 or or raised to 2 and 5. Mm-hmm. Packers go to 5 and 2, but what do you say about the Vikings, one of I mean, your beloveds against yeah, your true beloved, but <laughs> he you know, Kirk Cousins prevails yeah, well, in this game 28 to 22 because, at home in Lambeau. Yeah, it wasn't because a, of Kirk Cousins. It was because Dalvin Cook had an amazing game and it really shows how much this guy means to this team. I mean, he look at that. 30 carries 163 yards and three touchdowns. Count them. Three touchdowns. And another touchdown on the ground. 63 yards receiving on two catches and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, Kirk Cousins with 160 yards on only 14 attempts. One touchdown Mm -hmm. in the game. Uh, Friday's beloved, his first love, his true love, (laughs) Aaron Rodgers, 27 to 41 for 291 yards and three TDs. Count them. A nice day for... Aaron Rodgers, but it wasn't enough to overcome the beautiful, beautiful Minnesota Vikings. Friday, what do you think about this game? This was an interesting. No, I did not expect this outcome I, no, at all. No, the way the way the Vikings have been playing, I mean, they've been one of the bigger disappointments in the league so far this year. And uh, you know, for them to come out and win this game, I mean, I, I picked the. I mean, we both picked Green Bay to win this game easily, but man, Dalvin Cook, he's good. Yeah, and why do you think he was able to run all over the Green Bay defense the way he did in this game? I mean, it, it, because bad, it was quite defense, a show. Bad defense, it, it was that's bad, why. Bad. But their defense is, I mean, it's not great. Yeah, I mean, but it is improved. Solid, but yeah, they're improved. But, you know, Green but Bay that hasn't was really quite a had a very solid defense for quite a few years now. And, uh, I mean, it really showed in this game. You know, Delvin Cook just had an amazing game. Yeah, I mean, that is something else, though. I mean, look at that line. As Franny described earlier, but... 
163 yards, three TDs, and another touchdown through the yeah, air. And, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers got the ball back um, at the end of the game to try to win it and, uh, you know, went for one last heave and got sacked. And it's become a meme now. He's yeah, a meme. And it should be a meme. <laughs> and, you know, they have a backup quarterback there in Green Bay that they might want to oh, consider please. going to oh, please. at some point. They, you know, they made a draft yeah, pick, Jordan, and it uh, might yeah. be Jordan Love is not starting anytime soon uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, you're gonna have to get the Aaron Rodgers State Farm discount, which takes you into the starting position <laughs> in Lambeau. Uh, but no, this was just—I think this was just a game that was almost destined to be. Not much the Packers could have done about it. Uh, Dalvin Cook just had an amazing day, and I don't think anyone could have stopped him. Uh, next game, the surprise—probably at least my surprise of the week. Yeah. The Tennessee Titans fall to the Bengals on the road, twenty to thirty-one. The Titans fall two games in a row. They go to five and two. Bengals go to two five and one, which is good enough to get you the top spot in the NFC <laughs> no, East. No, whoa, whoa, whoa! Not sorry, the top three spot. five. Wait, three five and one. Three four and one. Three four okay. and one. Sorry. <laughs> so second place in the NFC East at two five and one. Uh, but what do you think about the Bengals? This was, this was a shocker. The Bengals. This, this was a shocker. I mean, like I said, I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow, he's going to be a solid quarterback in this league for a very long time. You mean it's not going to be Tua? It, no. No, it's going to be Joe Burrow, and he's looked good. I mean, th- I mean, they're unlucky that they haven't won a few other games. I mean, they could have a better record right now. Um, he's still young. He's still making certain mistakes out there, but... When he continues to grow as a quarterback, I mean, he is going to be one of the better quarterbacks in this league, top yeah, 10 at the least. Defense hasn't done him a lot of favors, especially in those close games. You know, there were a couple heartbreakers that they have lost this season that, you know, probably with a good defense would have gone the other way. They would have been able to hold on. Uh, but I just simply did not expect this outcome, especially on the heels of the Titans losing to the Steelers, uh, go out there and lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, falling to five and two. Joe Burrow, as Franny mentioned, 26 of 37 for 249 yards. And count them, two touchdowns and no interceptions in the game. Uh, Giovanni Bernard with a touchdown on the ground. Samaje Perrine with a touchdown on the ground. So, I and think it's Samaje. Samaje? I'm guessing it's Samaje. All right, Samaje. <laughs> so, Franny, you should be in charge of pronouncing <laughs> the names. You should just say the name and then I'll read out the stat line. Uh, Tyler Boyd, you know, actually having a pretty good year with a touchdown on the ground and Bernard with a touchdown uh, receiving as well. Sorry, I was uh, Tyler Boyd with a touchdown through the air. But Tannehill did not have a particularly spectacular game. 18 to 30 for 233. Also, a game manager. Oh, he is the epitome of a game manager. He can throw a deep ball nice, though. Just above a game manager uh, for Ryan Tannehill. A game manager Uh, with a nice deep ball. It was a surprise, though. It was a, it was a shocking loss. It's great for you, Ben. Oh yeah. In the I mean, I, I mean, I like it when any disciple of Bill Belichick loses a game. Who, who were you rooting for in this game? Uh, well, I got to root for the <laughs> Titans, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm actually rooting for Joe Burrow. I mean, this year they're not going to catch the Steelers. Whoa. Well, I root for really smart decisions. Like I root for the Chargers. You know, with Justin Herbert, uh, because I think he was the best quarterback coming out of the draft this past year. Obviously, uh, other people disagreed. I think Burrow disagrees uh, with that one. Uh, but, you know, I think Burrow's has a little bit longer to go than uh, than Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert literally had 10 minutes notice before he went in the game, and he played really well. And that tells me a lot about him. He, he had no idea he, he was even going to start. Doctors. He's like, use this syringe yeah. and stab the starting quarterback. <laughs> go get Uma Thurman and John Travolta and get him in the <laughs> locker room. Uh, I, I mean, I, I 
maybe neck and neck. I mean, maybe there's six of one, half dozen of another uh, with Burrow and and Herbert. Uh, but in this game, obviously, I, I can't help it but admit that I was rooting for Joe Burrow. I mean, wow. I, I, I don't. It's your wa- division. That's pretty interesting. I would they have no chance of for, catching I us. I would not root for any quarterback in my division. They have no chance of catching us. I don't us. care. But they no might chance. catch you next year or the year after that. Uh, they might. <laughs> they might. But, I mean, I, I, I think the kid's a stand-up human being mm-hmm. as well as being a great football player. Uh, Mike Vrabel is coaching the other team, uh, a person who I don't have a ton of respect for uh, Ryan Tannehill, who I don't have a ton of respect for. And, you know, well, I, I can't, well, he was in the AFC championship game last year. Oh, I mean, as a, as a person, like as well, a, as a player to root for. Oh, okay. I'm not a huge fan of Ryan yes. Tannehill. I've, I've met Ryan Tannehill. He's a dick. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I bet him. I was standing next seems, to him at the bar. I said, you know, can you, can you move over a little bit? I'd like to get a gin and tonic and for my buddy. And, and he's like, you know, fuck you. I'm not going to move. And Friday was like, true, you know, that's that's not story. it's not cool. True story. <laughs> true story. Happened out here, you know, out here in the uh, San Fernando Valley of California. <laughs> that did not. No, definitely did not, not happen. Even close. But what do you think about uh, about the uh, the Bengals and the Titans? But what do you, and more so the Titans? Do you think the Titans are imploding not, a little bit here? Not sure what to think of them right now. I mean, two two losses in a row. I mean, they really put up a good fight against the Steelers. Ben, and you know, you guys are potentially the best team in the league right now. In, in one of in one of the leagues, the CBS rankings, uh, they're number one. Actually, all the rankings right now. Uh, but I'm not I'm not sure what to think of them. I mean, you know, Derrick Henry had another great game on the ground, but uh, this was a real shocker. I mean, I did not expect this at all. We both chose Tennessee to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I think the Tennessee Titans will bounce back because they are well coached and they do have, you know, a good squad and they have talent at every position. Essentially. I, I just think they ran into, you know, Joe Burrow's coming out party here and he mm-hmm. he he put an ass whooping on him and they beat him. Interesting, interesting stuff. Uh next up, oh my god. Yeah, not much we need to say about this one. Whenever the Jets play anybody, not much to say. Yeah, we just have to play a little bit of this. Nope, we don't have to play <laughs> any of that because that audio is terrible. That's not good audio. That should have been better. <laughs> Uh, so apologies for that. Uh, but the Jets at the Kansas City Chiefs, the Jets fall nine or thirty-five to nine. Uh, Chiefs go to seven and one. Jets go to zero and eight. Mm-hmm. Not much to yeah. say about that, as Friday no. mentioned. Usually he says not much to say, which is my cue was, not to not to know, talk was, anymore. So this time I'm going to take his cue <laughs> and not talk anymore about that game. I mean, the Chiefs were expected to win by nineteen in this one, and and like we both mentioned, it's probably twenty-one or more, and that's pretty much what it is. I mean, it's really a shame. What's happening in New York with the Jets? I mean, it's just, it's just a shame. Yeah, they're in shambles. Uh, next up, Colts forty-one at the Lions twenty-one. Not the outcome I expected with the Lions coming off. You know, not a great win, but at least a win. Yeah, but look at the Colts though in that division. <sighs> I didn't expect that. Five and two right now, right along with Tennessee. Jacksonville sucks. I mean, it's 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 basically you know it's it's a two horse race. Tenet, I mean, the Texans also are pretty terrible at one and they're making a little bit of no, noise not, right now under a new noise. coach. They're not making any noise at all. Uh, but this, this is, this JJ is, Watson. He doesn't want to stay around for a rebuild. <laughs> That's a little bit of noise. Uh, but I mean, this is it's it's a pretty interesting outcome. Um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in this division. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to make of the Lions. Uh, you know, they're competitive one week. They're not competitive the next. They're making mistakes one week. They're they're playing pretty solid the next. Uh, last week they were at three and three. I can't remember who they played last week, but 
But the Lions, you know, I was optimistic last week that they would be able to make a little bit of a competitive run down the stretch of the season and maybe finish above 500. Watching this game with Phillip Rivers, 23 of 33 for 262 yards and three. Count them! Three touchdowns in the game. Uh, Jordan Wilkins again with a touchdown. Trey Burton with a touchdown. Naheem Hines with two touchdowns uh, through the air. And Jack Doyle finishing up with a touchdown as well. Rivers played well in this game. Detroit's defense was not able to keep them bottled up at all. Mm. Uh, But do you think that the Colts have a legitimate chance at taking this division and potentially... With Philip Rivers I mean, the making, way, a, making a run into the playoffs and potentially even winning a game in a playoff. Yeah, I mean, the way Tennessee has played his last couple of games, I do. I mean, I've become a believer. I'm, I'm a believer in the Colts right now. Philip Rivers, I mean, the last few games has played pretty well. Um, you know, Frank Reich is an excellent coach. I still wish he was with the Eagles. Um, but, he, that, I mean, he knows what he's doing. I mean, he, he definitely is he's a, he's, he's just a top-notch coach. You know, I mean, yeah. And a good motivator. And it, Not only yeah. is he a good coach, but he also knows how to talk to his player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, that it's going to be a two-horse race in this division. I'm excited to see how it shapes out. Yeah, I'm shocked. This one shocked me because I just, I think, I, I maybe I just want, want Detroit to be better than they are. And it just, apparently that is just never. They're one of our adopted Ever, teams. ever going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Uh, next oh, up, here is the man. game of the week. It Everybody's was. game it of the really week. It really was. And thank you. I just want to say a big thank you to the NFL for sending its only competent <laughs> officiating crew to this game, uh, because at least this game of all the games last week was officiated well. Uh, but the Steelers, 28. The Baltimore Ravens, 24 in a good old-fashioned backyard brawl in Baltimore. But the Steelers prevail Friday. What say you? I mean, what do you, what do you say? I man? was amazed. I, I was know. pissed off the entire game, especially the entire <laughs> first half. I know you were. The Steelers couldn't get anything going in the first half other than a pick six uh, by Spillane in the first half. They just completely fell flat. And then they come roaring back in the third quarter with 14 points mm-hmm. again in the fourth quarter with seven. They hold the Ravens on fourth down with a minute and a half to go in the game. But the defense played Really well, with the exception of allowing all those run uh, all those yards on the ground, but the defense was able to keep them out of the end zone when they needed to. Uh, they were able to move and change their offense, going to five wide. Uh, you know, no nobody in the backfield sets. It really confused, I think, the Baltimore defense throughout the second half of this game. Uh, but I was thrilled with it. Uh, you know, we we lost our nose tackle. Cam Hayward went down, but came back. Thank goodness. Uh, but I think the Steelers really showed what they're made of in this game uh, by keeping the linebackers on the field all game long, uh, even you know even allowing uh, some pass plays down the field. But but Mike Tomlin and the defense making the decision that we're not going to let you run all over us to the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to keep our tougher players in the game. But Franny, what do you say that, about that? That um. That stand on fourth down, a minute like a minute thirty nine to go or something like that. Zone. That was huge. That was huge. I mean, uh, you know, stopping Lamar Jackson on fourth and two. Unfortunately, the you know the Steelers couldn't run out the clock. They also failed on third down. You know, Connor couldn't pick up the first down, punted it back, and then you have that other stand on the goal. Well, not on the goal line as well, but that pass to the end zone that was. 
could have been pass interference, Ben. It was pretty close to pass interference. It could have gone either Pasha. way right there. Um, but, you know, it, it was it was an exciting game to watch. I mean, it's something you would expect from an, uh, a Steelers and Ravens game. I mean, one of the biggest um, rivalries in football over the past 20 years. Oh, for sure. Let's see if I can get this audio to work. And... Nope, that audio is not going to work. <laughs> Definitely have an issue with the audio this week. I played this earlier when I was preparing for the podcast, and it, and it worked fine. fine, but for some reason it's not. That was the fourth down stop uh, with almost, I think, a minute and a minute and a half left to go in the mm-hmm. game. Uh, but this was probably the Steelers' statement game of the year. I was worried about this game. Going into it, I was worried about this game through two quarters of it, and it got tight at the end as well. Uh, we also were graced with the great Tony Romo oh, in this game as well, calling it, which was awesome. Uh, Frane loved every minute of it, <laughs> I am sure. Uh, but what do you think? I mean, do you think the Steelers made a statement here? You they, know, they shutting down Lamar Jackson. They turned the ball over four times, two on the ground, two through the air. That's a big statement by the Steelers defense. And Mike Tomlin sticking to his game plan not changing, not altering his game plan, and beating the Ravens. No, I mean, uh, you know, any division game is tough, but especially against, you know, your other division foe that only has a chance, the only one that actually has a chance of making a run at you. And uh, the Steelers, I mean, early on, I didn't think they'd win this game. And, uh, you know, from all your messages your text messages coming through ben i don't think you also had a feeling that they'd win this game yeah, i mean Friday I was, said that i'm the i'm the most probably, negative of the three of us it was probably at least 120 text messages that i received during the game and about 120 119 of the 120 <laughs> were negative were negative until the end when you said we won <laughs> and that and you did uh but i mean just looking at the Steelers schedule ben moving forward i mean you got the cowboys tomorrow you have the Bengals. You have the Jags. I mean, that's that's three wins right there, potentially. And you got the Ravens again. That's going to be another tough game. Then you got the football team. Then you got the Bills. You got the Bengals. You got the Colts. You got the Browns. I mean, you know what? You could potentially go 14-2, and 15-1, maybe 16-0. and 16-0 uh, might be a little bit of a stretch, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we got to play the Ravens once more, and they'll definitely be prepared for us in that game. Bengals could be a tough game at the end of the season. Uh, but I like the way our schedule mm-hmm. shakes out, potentially even giving the Steelers an opportunity to rest some players at the end of the season. Yep. You know, maybe as Friday was saying before the podcast, you know, lessen the number of snaps that they take, especially, especially I would say on some of our defensive players that we are definitely going to need. But the Steelers defense and running the ball, we didn't run the ball great in this game, but the Steelers defense is playing so well. This is who the Steelers are. This is who Pete Carroll wants to be. Uh, and I think that this, with Ben Roethlisberger, with those receivers, with Claypool actually coming through as a bona fide draft pick, playing as well as he is with Juju, picking up those hard, hard first down yardage over and over again, uh, with Washington playing pretty well, with Deontay Johnson playing pretty well once he's you know completely healthy. I mean, with the weapons that we have on offense, most of them you know underpaid with J- Johnson and Claypool and Schuster. I think this is the year the Steelers have an opportunity to make a real run. I don't know if they can get past the Chiefs. I don't know what will happen if they get to the Super Bowl. But this team has a chance to come out of the AFC. Oh, yeah, for sure.
I mean, you know, not during the game. During the game, I think they're the worst team ever. But, <laughs> but after the game, I think they have a chance. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with you, Ben. You know, I mean, there is that potential that they could go sixteen and zero. It is. That is a chance. There is a chance. <laughs> I see a smile on your face. God, that would. Could you imagine if the Steelers were the team to beat the Dolphins' record? Yeah. I mean, obviously the Dolphins only played twelve games during the regular season. But wow, but to go undefeated. Uh, it's gonna be that's gonna be a heavy lift. Huh. That's gonna. I mean, we gotta play Buffalo in Buffalo. I think, and there will Buffalo be Buffalo Schmuffalo. And I, and, you know, if we're gonna lose to anybody, I would prefer it to be Buffalo. But uh, sixteen and zero might be a little. But that would be so awesome if if we were able to do it. Uh-huh. We're gonna end up playing and then play Antonio Brown in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. If he's if he's not in prison at that point, <laughs> that would be pretty pretty awesome. Fuck the Ravens. Is that a shot? Fuck that a shot? Antonio a Brown. Shot. There it is. Here we go. It's my there birthday. It it's your birthday, Ben. And so we got a little bit more fireball over here. Give me your shot glass over there. I'll take a little bit with you. Oh my god. But yeah. but this was this was the game of the year so far for me. What? Obviously uh, not for the league. Those Seahawks, but for me, those Seahawks games, Ben. But for in terms of, of how important it was to to, no, to our season, definitely this was the game of the year because this was the game where the Steelers had to show. You know, are we the best team in the NFC North? Are we one of the best teams in the AFC or not? And if we lost this game, you know, 24 to... Cheers for saying negative shit. Thank you. 24 to 14, we would not be one of the best teams. Well, it doesn't mean you're one of the best teams, but you're going up against one of the best teams. I mean, struggle a little bit there early on. You struggle a little bit against Tennessee. You struggle a little bit against the Eagles, too, until the end of the game. Yeah, that's true. Um, But, I mean, it, it seems like... They, you know, the Steelers are sort of built for this. When you win these types of games, it really builds character and belief in the players. So moving forward, when you are playing, you know, Kansas City, when you are playing in the playoffs and you find yourself down the third quarter, the fourth quarter, you remember being in these situations and, you know, the team has confidence that they can still come back. And with a coach like Tomlin, with a quarterback like Roethlisberger, I mean, you can definitely find ways to win these games. Not all games are going to be pretty. A lot of games in the playoffs are not going to be pretty. Definitely not. But when you can win ugly games, that's when you go to the Super Bowl. That's when you can win. Yeah, and I mean, it was just it was so much fun to watch the Steelers drive down the field and score a touchdown. I think there was a, a 10 or 11 play drive with where there was only a, a running back in the backfield on one of the 11 plays down the field and scoring a touchdown then turning around watching the Ravens come down the field and run eight running plays in a row. Just the dichotomy of watching those different styles and then the Steelers stopping them on fourth down. I mean, it was, I knew it was going to, I mean, like Tony Romo said, it was going to come down to the last drive of the game. Oh, what? He said the obvious? Yeah. Did Tony Romo mention the obvious? (laughs) Yes, he did. And I thought, okay, well, let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope the Steelers are up by 21 (laughs) in the fourth quarter. That would be ideal for me. Uh, but it did. Yeah. It came down right to the end of the game. The Steelers got the stop, and then they, you know, they went three and out, gave the ball back to the Ravens again with an opportunity to drive down the field, and a defense came through. So, you know, I think this was a uh, the only difference in the game. In this game, I think was the experience of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think if the Ravens have a more experienced quarterback, Lamar Jackson has, you know, eight years under his belt, it's possible that that the Ravens would have won this game. But because the Steelers had the veteran presence, not only of Ben Roethlisberger, but of some of those defensive players, I th- and especially the offensive line, I think because we have more experience than a lot of those guys on the other side of the ball, we were able to win this game. But this was my game of the year. I could not have been happier. 
on Sunday, I was high stepping <laughs> literally outside with Sonia as soon as yeah. this game ended. The Steelers, the Steelers flag was waving proudly in the wind. Oh yeah, I got to get my Steelers flag back up. Oh, it's I was, not up there. <laughs> no, it should there. be. It should be. But I was afraid yeah. to put it up before this game. Uh, okay. Uh, so we're gonna talk about some other games that are meaningless after talking about that one. Uh, but the Rams at the Dolphins. The Dolphins beat the Rams seven eighteen or twenty eight to seventeen. The Rams fall. To, oh, last thing about that game, mm-hmm. the Ravens game. It puts enough space between us and them for the division. Uh, them with two losses, us with zero, that gives us a little bit of wiggle room towards the end of the year mm-hmm. if for some reason we're competing with, for the division. With the upcoming games, though, I mean, you could potentially go 3-0 in these next few games. So, I mean, you could be looking at, you know, a 10-0 and Steelers team within the near future. And after that, you know, you got Buffalo, you got a couple of difficult games there, but, you know, being 10-0 and and, you know, we'll see how their games shape out. But, no, definitely. I mean, it, and it's, it's a division win. So even if you have, you know, a, a tie in division, then you know you still have the you know the what is it called the um tiebreaker the tiebreaker there you are yeah my dream right. scenario is we Sorry, have too the, much shot too many is shots we, <laughs> is we have the bloody arrowhead yeah. shot yeah. on the table for Andy Reid which we did last year we were trying to get Andy Reid through the actually it was the the first year 2018 2019 season where we coined the bloody arrowhead shot but I would love to see the Steelers meet. The Chiefs in the playoffs. Maybe we can want ha- them we'll, to lose beforehand. Well, but we'll have a ste- <laughs> but we'll have a Steelers shot on the table. We'll have the bloody Arrowhead shot on the table, just in honor of Andy Reid and what he's been able to accomplish. Mm. Unfortunately, he'll lose that game. Oh, but hopefully. I can't wait to get to that point. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, he's having a spectacular season, especially after last season with Roethlisberger going down. Ben, I'm sure you feel so much better. Yeah, game manager, eight and eight <laughs> last year. They've already just about won as many games as they won all they season. Will. They will beat the Cowboys. But that's you know that's why you that's why you have someone like Ryan Tannehill because <laughs> you, you know you you want to try to win eight games. Uh, next up, the Rams at the Dolphins. Dolphins twenty eight, Rams seventeen. Uh, Dolphins go to four and three Rams fall to five and three. What do you think about the Rams falling to Miami with Tua who played a pretty average, no, average yeah, Tua game? Did not, he did not have a good game. Um, but that, that Miami defense played spectacular in this one. I mean, they were the difference maker. They got some players. They, what they scored 14 points off of turnovers yep. in this one. Brian uh, Flores you know, knows what he's doing. Yeah. Sack fumble. It was, it was it a pick six. I'm not even sure. It was I a think pick there six. was a pick six in this game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a defense, the defensive uh, performance. Jared Goff, you know, 61 attempts, 35 completions right there. I mean, you know, a lot of yards. Are you saying 500 is not a good completion percentage? Uh, not, when you throw it, not when you throw it 61 times. If, you know, <laughs> if it's, you know, 20 for 40 and you have all those yards, okay. But, you know, 61 attempts, 35 or 61 attempts, 35 receptions. I mean, that's that's that's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, obviously, you're trying to, you're trying in the to game catch for up Goff. the entire game. Uh, but no, it was it was it was just a terrible game all around for uh, the Rams. But the Dolphins' defense looked really good in this one. Yeah, I mean they look spectacular, and it looks like the Dolphins might. I mean, I know it's a way too early take on this, but it doesn't look to me anyway, at least from this game, that Tua is as highly rated or should be as highly coveted. That's still early as he was, but twelve of twenty-two for 93, 93 yards. Count it yeah. one touchdown, but he didn't look. I mean, if you take the comparator. Tua, knowing he's going to play this week. Justin Herbert, with no idea he's going to play mm-hmm. earlier in the season when Tyrod Taylor got poked in the chest. <laughs> and Justin Herbert came out and played amazing in that game. I know Peyton Manning played like shit, and I know John Elway played like shit, and I've heard all the stories. But 
Herbert played really well mm-hmm. without any knowledge he was going to start. Tua knew he was going to start, and he did not play particularly yeah, well. Yeah, no, he didn't, he didn't play well, but he didn't have to. He did not have to play well in this game, and they still won. Um, but, you know, for, for the Rams, it's not looking pretty in that division, especially. <laughs> Look at the Dolphins. You know, the, um, the Lakers won a championship. The Dodgers won a championship. The Rams <laughs> are not going to win well, a championship. It, it, it won't be three for no. L.A. And it won't be year. the Chargers either. No. But, uh, you know, the Dolphins, I mean, the Dolphins, look, there's a new sheriff in new sheriff in town in the AFC East. Uh, you know, you have the Bills and the Dolphins have yep. definitely dethroned the New England Patriots. But the Rams are on the yeah, verge we're talk about the Patriots next. Actually, I think of, it's the next game up right there. They're the on the verge of imploding. The Bills, the other top team. In that division. Yeah, the Patriots at the Bills. The Bills win 24 to 21. The Pats go to two and five. The Bills go to six and two. Yeah, Cam Newton fumbling he at wanted, the game, he trying to make wa- the comeback, and he uh, fumbled the ball. He coughed that ball up on that last drive. Ouch. Played pretty well the rest of the game. Not great, but pretty well. Uh, but what do you think? I mean, are the are the Pats are they it, done? Are they done? are they finished? I, are they I looking do. to next I, year? I, I think they're trying to get Tom Brady back. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to try to make a, a trade to get Tom Brady back on the team. But no, uh, they, you know, like I said, I wouldn't doubt Bill Belichick, but I, I think I'm starting to doubt Bill Belichick. You know, they're, they're, they're two and five right now. Cam Newton is not the answer. They really need to move in a different direction. And it looks like they might get a good draft pick. So we'll see what they get. Yeah, and I'm doubting. I'm not doubting Bill Belichick as a coach, but I am doubting Bill Belichick as a general manager. They have no talent on this team. From top to bottom this week, he said they sold out in previous years with salary cap, uh, you know, with contracts as well as draft picks, as well as trading away draft picks. I don't know if that's the true. I'm not truth. I'm not sure exactly what it is that he believes they sold out in the prior years to ensure that they would win in the present day. Uh, so I, I don't think there's a lot to that. Cam Newton didn't play well, 174 yards in the game. Josh Allen didn't play well either, 11 for 18 for 154 yards, no touchdowns and an interception in this game. Uh, but what do you think? I mean, do you think, I was thinking about this earlier in the week. I mean, Brady and Belichick were together so long. You know, was it right for Brady to abandon Belichick Essentially, he knew what the talent level was. He knew what he was walking into this year. Mm-hmm. But after all that success, 20 years of success, you know, Belichick had to stay. You know, was it right for Tom Brady to I to mean, walk I, away knowing that the team was going to suck this year? I, I did not expect Tom Brady to walk away from New England um, the same way, you know, Michael Jordan didn't walk away from the Bulls. Obviously, he had those, you know, that season or two or whatever it was with Washington. I'm not, I I forget how long he had with them. Um, But, you know, he was with the Bulls the entire time. Kobe with the Lakers the entire time. I expected Tom Brady to also stay with the same franchise for the entirety of his career. And so it was shocking. I mean, it's shocking that he did leave, but, you know, you look at the talent level. I mean, you see the, the, the big name players that he has in Tampa Bay, you know, Bruce Arians is is a, you know, a great coach as well. Um, we'll see how things play out over there, but it's still shocking. I mean, I, I see what the lure was, you know, to go to Tampa Bay. You see those big name players, those great wide receivers, you know, tight ends over there. You know, run, I mean, they got Le'Veon Bell now. I mean, they just, you know, they have a great team, but still shocking, still shocking, you know, with Tom Brady leaving. I mean, but do you think it was right? No, I don't think it was right. No. For Tom Brady to go? I don't think so. I mean, I agree. I mean, I thought we might disagree about this. Um, 
easy for the player to go, easy for the player to say, you know, I'm moving on. But after all the the success and all of the camaraderie, I mean, I don't know what their relationship. I, was I just like, think it tarnishes but, his but legacy. But to leave like that instead of just saying, you know what, this is the end. Yeah, I, I, th- I just think it tarnishes his legacy a little bit. Maybe to try to chase another ring when you have six of them, you've been to nine Super Bowls, and then you go to a team that has all these, you know, star players that could potentially carry you to an, another ring. You know, they're going to question: was it the players or was it you? I mean, it's it's. I don't know. It just it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right to me either. And, and Bill Belichick can't be that bad of a general manager throughout the years because they obviously have six championships in 20 years. So you can't be that terrible of a general manager to get yourself into that situation. It just feels a little, for lack of a better word, icky to me. <laughs> you know, what, what Tom Brady did. And obviously it's well with, he's well within his rights yeah. to do it. Um, but I'm sure when, he's, but re- look at the when talent. he's retired and he has his tell-all book, I'm sure there's going to be a reason why maybe he did leave. Maybe he didn't have a great relationship with, with Bill Belichick. Who knows what happened there? Maybe his wife didn't like, you know, the, the, the cold East coast weather and, and went down South to Florida, which is yeah, well, to the, East coast to the, as well, but to the down bastion south. of contemporary <laughs> cosmopolitan life. That is Tampa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, who knows, you know, why he made that decision, but it doesn't feel right. I mean, we all knew he was frustrated last year with the offense. I mean, it was very clear especially in the second half of last year that he was frustrated with the offense. But I, I, w- I really would have liked to see those two sort of end their career yeah, together. together, but it was not to be. Uh, next up, ooh, the Browns, after coming off a huge win against the Bengals in which they were throwing up touchdowns left and right, couldn't get any points on the board this mm-hmm. week. Uh, Raiders, Vegas Raiders playing at the Browns. Raiders win 16-6. to Vegas Raiders go to four and three, and the Browns go to five and three. But what do you yeah. think about this turnaround? Last week, yeah. scoring 40 points against the cold. Bengals. Hot and cold. You know, this week, two field goals. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you think? I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of the Browns. I really don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, but even the Raiders, too. The Raiders, I mean, they beat Kansas City. It's like weather they in beat LA. The Browns, but then who they lose last week? I mean, it, uh, I forget who it was now, but. They've also been kind of, you know, they played the Bucks or Kansas City or something yeah, I, last I, I week, I think. Was it Buffalo? I can't remember exactly, but um Oh, the Raiders? Mm-hmm. Uh Bucks. Last week they got crushed. Oh yeah. Forty five yeah, to twenty. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Um yeah, but I, you know, both teams I don't know what to make of them. Yeah, I mean I think I mean Derek Carr again had a pretty good game. Oh, no, he didn't. 15 no. to 24, 112 no. yards. Count it. One touchdown. Pretty terrible game. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 122 yards. Wow. Was there any yeah. offense in this Jesus game? Jesus Christ. 12 of 25 for I mean, 122 I, I, I yards. When these two, I mean, when either of these teams play, I don't pay too much attention to the Browns or the Raiders, actually. I can't help. I mean, you know, Sonia's has a relative, you know, Sonia's dad, uh, like the Raiders. So I can't help but root for the Raiders a little bit. Uh, Four and three. Do you think they have a chance to compete in the AFC uh. West at all? Not for the division title, but for a playoff spot. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. I mean, but they're definitely better than they were last year over the past quite a few years, actually. But we'll see how things shake out there. But the Browns, how inconsistent but can still, you be? For Browns fans to be five and three, that must feel pretty good yeah, for them. Exactly. For yeah, that is they, a, I mean they that is a highlight for a Browns they fan. They could also potentially make the playoffs. Yeah, three more wins are in. Yeah, Probably maybe yeah. two more wins they might be in. You know, seven teams now, potentially. Uh next up. The Los Angeles Chargers, a heartbreaker at the oh, Denver Broncos, 31-30. to 30. Broncos I go to 3-4. and four. 
Chargers figure out another way to lose a game going to two and five. But the end of this game was amazing yeah. and ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, how this happens, I just don't know. I don't think that was a pass interference. I mean, the ball was almost uncatchable. The guy was at the back of the end zone. I mean, he was pretty much out of bounds already. I think that was a terrible call by the officiating crew. And, uh, you know, this yes, should have definitely I, been, this I, should have definitely been a win for the Chargers. That made absolutely no sense. You know, they got another chance. Obviously, you know, the defense could have stood strong for the Chargers. Um, but, you know, the Broncos still, they scored, what, 21 points or so in the fourth quarter to make a, you know, a crazy comeback. But that last P.I. call, that was unacceptable. Yeah, Anthony Lynn made a bunch inexplicable, of... Inexplicable, Ben. Inexplicable. Anthony Lynn made a bunch of dumbass... You know, statements at the end of this game to come up with excuses, but it really was that call. This is why Colin Cowherd and Skip Bayless are morons because he said the reason that they don't make a pass interference call like they, what was the game? It was, uh, we're going to talk about it pretty soon. It was the, was it the Monday night game or the, yeah, it was the Monday, was it the Monday night game where there was a pass inter, a Giants, the Giants game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, that was obviously pass interference. Mm -hmm, and Colin mm -hmm. Coward went on this long rant yeah. about how they don't call a foul in the last play well, of the do. NBA finals and they don't do this and they don't do that. And that's why this happens. This is the same fucking thing that happened in this game that could have happened in the Giants game. Mm -hmm. That one was not pass interference. The Giants play was obviously pass interference, regardless of the, the timing of it. Uh, but this was just inexplicable, <laughs> as Franny would say. They should not have called that pass interference call down there because not because it wasn't pass interference, but because it wasn't pass interference because the ball was not catchable. Mm -hmm. And that should matter. Mm -hmm. That should matter. Uh, I, I feel bad for Anthony Lynn and the Chargers. I mean, why do you think they keep losing these games that are just, they're on the tip of their tongue. They're right there. They're yeah, well, I mean, you can ask the same question about the Falcons. <laughs> why do they keep doing it? But they imploded. This one, it was, yeah, was, this, this was, this there. was the refs. It was there. Also allowing twenty one points in the you know in the fourth. Also that, that's that's also an issue. I mean you can't blame everything on the refs, but that last call, I mean that was definitely a different space. Yeah, Drew Locke played well. I mean he did play well. I mean we can't really argue with and he after was struggling for quite a few weeks. Twenty six of forty one for two hundred forty eight yards and count them three touchdowns in the game, one interception. Still not the answer in Denver, but played pretty well in this game. Uh, Broncos go to three and four. Chargers two and five. Neither one of these teams going anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, oh, another heartbreaker for the Bears. The Saints at the Bears. The Saints 26, Bears 23. The Saints go to five and two. The Bears go to five and three. Mm -hmm. For honey, what do you think about this game? This in overtime. Yeah. This was a heartbreaker for Nick Foles. Well, uh, it was. I mean, you know, the, the Bears kicked in into overtime, right? At least it was it wasn't a double yeah. it wasn't a double doink for the Bears yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, in this one. But uh, you know, Foles he had a little bit of magic in this game, but it didn't pan out at the end. But I mean, clearly Drew Brees can't throw the ball down the field. <laughs> clearly the Saints are not what they used to be. No, they're not. And it's almost like, you know, I feel like the the Bears defense has to play two games every game. Mm -hmm. Like they mm -hmm. have to play so well, and they do play that well. Game after game after game, this defense of the Bears is putting in the kind of work that anybody would hope that their employees would put in. They are working their asses off down there, playing double time, and they just can't get rewarded. Uh, five and three, the Bears, you know, still the record's not bad, but man, I would have really liked to have seen the Bears win this game. Why? I just don't, because <laughs> they, I, I feel like that defense deserves it. 
I feel like the way that the defense played in this game and how poorly the Saints offense played in this game, the Bears deserve to win this one. Yeah. I mean, look at Drew Brees, 31 of 41 for 280 yards and two. Count them, two touchdowns in the game, but can't throw the ball down the field. Poor Nick Foles, 28 of 41 for 272 yards and two. Count them, two touchdowns, one pick in the game. Not particularly, well, actually, it was a pretty bad pick. Uh, but I just feel like if the Bears had any kind of offensive weapons. Yeah. I mean, watching offense. Jimmy Graham drop passes, watching Jimmy Graham give up on routes, watching the receivers that they've got out there. Uh, I mean, there was another, like, who, I can't even remember who their other receiver is they've got out there, but another, uh, you know, receiver off the scrap heap. They just don't have the offensive weapons that they mm-hmm. need. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's on Foles, and I don't think it's on Nagy or Nagy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think the Bears don't have enough weapons on offense. Have they ever had weapons on offense? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, not like since Jim always, McMahon and you know, Walter like Payton. They and, usually have a pretty decent defense, but their offense, for some reason, always, always seems to struggle. Yeah, but I mean, if you're if you're a general manager thinking about uh, you know signing Jimmy Graham, please, just don't. <laughs> Why? Don't. If Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, okay. If Russell Wilson is even your quarterback. Okay. Drew Brees, maybe, you know, but unless you have Patrick Mahomes back there behind center, do not sign Jimmy Graham. Uh, next up, another game that Sonia was able to watch in peace for yep. most of the game. Yep. I, I kept saying, you're, you're asking for a game. You're asking for a game where you can relax. Here this is, is the, the game. This is the one where you can relax. The Niners go to four and four against the Seattle Seahawks going to six and one, 37 to 27 at CenturyLink. Friday, what say you? I mean, it was an easy game. Like uh, like you said, About Ben, I, 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 was, I was happy. I mean, you know, the first game of the season against Atlanta was a fairly easy game. Easy for Sonya to watch. This one, too. I always worry about Sonya when I watch Seahawks games because they're usually nail Because the Niners did score 20 in the fourth. They they did. <laughs> they did. But uh, I know Seattle built up, uh, uh, you know, a, a pretty large lead in this one where she didn't have to worry as much. I mean, we called this game Pretty early. Me yeah, and you they both only said, gave up seven points through yeah, three quarters. I was like, Sonia, this is the one. It's, it's, relax, yeah. relax. And she just is not able to relax. But I always think about her whenever I'm watching these games because for some reason, the Seahawks always allow the opposing team to come back. But in this one, they did. But they still had enough to win. And, uh, you know, not not uh, not too many nerves for Sonia in this one. Yeah, and this without Carlos Hyde and without uh, Chris Carson in the game, Russell Wilson, 27-37 yeah. for four. 261 yards and count them. Four! touchdowns everyone's talking MVP? about him for the MVP. mvp he's on track to get to 50 touchdowns mm-hmm. this season if he continues to play the way he is that could happen uh nick mullins you know he is what he is right he played pretty well yeah you know, 18 to 25 238 yards and two count them two touchdowns after jimmy g goes out throwing a terrible interception in the game uh but finally the seahawks get a game that you can just sort of yeah Watch and relax. It's not Cam Newton trying to score from the one yard line. Two at the end out of, the game. of seven. Two out of seven games where you know you could feel kind of comfortable in, in them winning early on. And what do you think about the Seahawks right now with their defense? I mean, do you think this is a defense even with Jamal Adams coming back next week? Next week, maybe you know, we'll have a better you know idea mm-hmm. when, yeah. we, when we have the show next week. But they still gave up twenty seven points to the Niners. Yeah, can you win a Super Bowl? Can you get through the playoffs? With a defense that that's given up link. this I mean, kind weakest, of yardage. It's their weakest link right now. And we've been accustomed to seeing the Seahawks with, you know, a stellar defense basically for the past, even last year, they weren't that good, but at least, you know, past six years before that. I mean, they, they had, they always had a strong defense. This year, they've been 
very weak. And it's 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 not something that used to see. Can't believe I'm going to say this. Bronny will be mad at me for saying this, but they should have kept Clowney. I know he's not no. playing great for Tennessee. No, I don't think so. But I, I think they made the right choice. Uh, uh, but I think they, they they would have loved to have had that that presence on the edge yeah. this year. Yeah, with Jamal Adams. Player. Next up, yeah, dirty, yeah, dirty player. Yeah, you know, you gonna have you gonna sign uh, Lambeer to your basketball <laughs> team? Okay, fine. Go ahead. Yeah. That's what you want. That's what you want to do. All right. All right. Next up, the game of the week out of yeah, the NFC no. East. The only team on the planet in American style football that can't score against the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles 23, the Cowboys nine. The yeah, Cowboys go to two and six. Eagles go to three, four, and one. But even the Eagles struggled to score against this team. Yeah, something did. that no other team has managed to hey, struggle. When your quarterback is throwing uh, two interceptions and fumbling ball twice in the first half, I mean, four turnovers. Danucci. You, you, I, it's not easy to build a lead. I mean, Carson <laughs> Wentz. Carson Wentz needs to take care of the football. I mean, he has the most turnovers in the league. Obviously, I mean, he's been hit the most out of any quarterback in the league. But still, it's the freaking Cowboys. They have the worst defense in the league. They had one interception coming into this game. And, you know, Carson Wentz made them look like the 86 Bears. I, I don't know. I just don't know what is going on with this guy. What's going on between the it's ears. It's brutal, man. I have no idea. Obviously, his offensive line is struggling. He doesn't have the best receivers out there, but just don't force throws. You don't have to force some of those throws. <laughs> was and hold on. Insane to watch. Hold on. Like he's, to, he's got the ball just hanging yeah. out. I mean, uh, hold on to the ball, for God's sakes. Just I mean, hold it's on the Cowboys. It. All you got to do is get through <laughs> the game. You don't have to do. I mean, I know that they played poorly in the first half. They only scored seven points in the first half. One, I think the first team in the last six weeks to not put up 20 points against the Cowboys yeah. was the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Uh, eight points in the third quarter, eight points in the fourth quarter. No, I mean, the Cowboys had the lead going into the it's, it's half. I mean, it was, there were nine, it was nine to seven. And I mean, the Eagles just kept on shooting themselves in the foot in this one. I mean, it, it was, it, it was not a lot of fun to watch as an Eagles but as fan. You would that's say, sure. It was a division game. It was a division game, yes, but the Danucci. Cowboys, the cow against the new, who the fuck is the Danucci? I mean, at the end of the game, you know, the press conference said was, the NFL is hard. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? You know, I watch a lot of games. The NFL is hard. I mean, look, look at those. I mean, fifteen for twenty-seven, one hundred twenty-three yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, two fumbles, two fumbles, and, That's, and the interceptions I can live with. The fumbles that he. <laughs> that he's given away this year constantly are ever, ever since almost he's been, unforgivable ever since he's been in the league it's been like that and I mean he just has to play a clean game no turnovers whatsoever I mean last year he had seven interceptions through 16 games this year he has like 37 maybe not that many but, but, he, has, but what about, no, he has quite a few as I, I would say what maybe at least 10 11 12 I don't even know how many interceptions he has but it's what crazy. about Jalen Rigor with a touchdown yeah his first. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it was barely a touchdown. Yeah, but at least he got a touchdown. Yeah, he got pushed out of that. I mean, I was, I'm, I'm still not sure if it was a touchdown. <laughs> no, but it was it was a terrible game. I mean, this was this was a Sunday night game, and it was embarrassing to watch. I mean, I was I was disappointed. I, I mean, I had a feeling that they'd win 
the game at the end. I almost only didn't want to watch it. I was like, Sonny, you want to watch uh, <laughs> you know, Last Kingdom finish the Dallas, last season? Dallas is so bad. I, I mean, the Eagles needed to win this game, but they should not have struggled the week before against the Giants. I mean, it's... it's a I, win I, is a win, baby. I know it's a win, but I mean, they're 3-4-1 and one right now. They're first place in the division, but it's still, it's a disappointing season for the Eagles. I know they have a lot of injuries, but it's just been disgusting. We just need guys to come back. We need guys healthy when you on can't, this team. You know, when you struggle into the fourth quarter against the worst team in the league, and I would think, I think it's a, a I think it's fair to say the Cowboys are the worst team in the NFL right now. Well, I think the Jets have oh, a pretty far. good claim. I always forget about the Jets. The Jets are claim. so bad, I forgot that they exist. <laughs> yeah, no, they're yeah, there. The Jets are the worst. They're there. But next to the Jets are the Cowboys right now. Yeah. yeah. In terms of being the worst. But Danucci, 21 of 40 for 180 yards. Sidearm Danucci. But what do you think? I mean, what do you think the the, the Eagles have? You know, their schedule doesn't look They have a tough schedule. Bad. No, they have a tough schedule coming up. Look, I you mean, got the Giants, okay. the Browns, the Seahawks, the, Seahawks, the, Eagles, the, Packers, the Packers, the Saints, the Cardinals. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, you're right. That's pretty <laughs> tough. I'm not gonna. That's not gonna. That's not that bad. But you'll still win the NFC East. Hopefully. But that well, was. I'm disappointed though. I'm pissed. Th- that was an ugly game. But but, but they, they got, won. They got the W. Whatever. But Wentz has got to get it together because Philadelphia sports radio mm-hmm. is tearing him to shreds. Maybe yep. he's listening to that. Maybe that's what the problem is. Maybe, Maybe he's actually listening he said to he's the not, garbage. But I think he is. Uh, next up, the Buccaneers at the Giants. The Buccaneers 25, Giants 23. Right at the end of the game on a what is an obvious pass interference call. But what do you think yep. about the Bucks struggling against yeah, the Giants? You know, that was, it was an interesting game. I didn't expect the Bucks to uh, struggle this much against the Giants, the one and seven Giants. Um, it was, it was, I was worried that the Giants might actually win this one. They should have won this one. Uh, they they should have. They should. Well, they should have got to overtime. They, yeah, at least that. But now I was I was I was actually kind of worried. I'm like, fuck. This is another team that we have to worry about. A two win team that we have to worry about. Nah. They're one team with one win. But if they won that, it'd be you know two wins. Well, what do you think? Pass interference or no? No. Yes, it was. I mean, can, uh, can you explain why the referees would well, get around? Why, why, why do the referees do anything? Discuss this Sometimes it. I question them all the and time. And pick that flag up. I mean, yeah, I don't get it. The defender is running towards the towards the yeah. Well, he didn't look receiver. Back. He did not look back at the football. Didn't look at the football. Ran into the receiver mm-hmm. before the ball got there. Mm-hmm. To my mind, that is the textbook definition of pass interference. Could have been the same thing. In you the know, everyone, game. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but but at least I would admit it. I would yeah. admit that it could have gone either way, or it might not have been pass interference. And in this game, you know, the fact that Daniel Jones didn't throw the ball better. Mm-hmm. Is not a reason not to call pass interference. Yeah. Well, Daniel Jones has been if he lobbed the ball up, you know, yeah, but very inconsistent on his on his deep balls. If if he if he was more accurate on those deep balls, even against the Eagles, even in this game, if he was a little more accurate, they might have three wins. I mean, it's yeah. not just that last play. There there was a couple of games or a couple of plays in this game where if he connected on a deep ball, you know, game over. Yeah, I mean that's why when I listened to the the commentary on this, it just blew me away. I mean, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, Colin Cowherd. I didn't know that the referees were supposed to take into account how well <laughs> the ball was thrown to the receiver, as well as whether or not pass interference yeah, occurred. In that, in that Chargers game, we saw what happened. Yeah, I'm like, well, okay, so so the ball was thrown well, and the defender touched the receiver before the ball got there. Okay, pass interference. Mm-hmm. The ball was thrown poorly, a little bit, you know, late, but there was pass interference. But we're not going to call it because. The ball wasn't perfect. I mean, he could have lobbed that ball up in the air, thrown it 100 feet in the air while the receiver's just waiting to catch it. And if so, if the defender comes over and knocks him down, 
Well, the ball was thrown yeah, up in the air. It was, it was too high for him to catch it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That should have gone to overtime. Yeah, this should game have, should yeah. have gone to overtime. Or at mm-hmm. least it should have been pass interference at the one-yard line. And we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do you think about the Bucks struggling in this game? That was interesting. Uh, you know, Brady. Shocked. I was shocked. 28 of 40 for 279. Two touchdowns. But I think, you know, I think the Giants are not as bad as, as the one in the seven record, <laughs> record might suggest. But that just, that pass interference pissed me off. I mean, I think you probably have messages from me on, uh, text messages from me on Maybe that. I just think, a few. I didn't think that was a, the correct call, especially to pick oh, the yeah. flag up. Yeah. New York City should not be calling down, you know, to New York and saying, <laughs> you know, well, actually, it's a pretty short phone call, but they should, but they should not be telling them to pick that flag up. Our uh, last game, Friday's beloved. Now I'm saying this one. I, I beloved knew, gets the win. I knew Aaron Rodgers would turn it around after that loss to the Vikings. Score oh, four Lord touchdowns, three hundred and five yards. <laughs> it is the goat, Aaron Rodgers, with the win. Thirty-four to seventeen. Packers go to six and two, and the Niners fall to four and five. Uh, Nick the Brick Mullins, twenty-two of thirty-five, two hundred ninety-one, and count it one touchdown, subtract one interception. Uh, but do you think the Packers are back on track? Um, they I got mean, they got some they got some weaknesses on that team. They you do, gotta admit. they do. I mean, but you know, I don't. I'm not sure what to what to think of the the Packers right now. To lose to the Vikings, I mean, obviously, I know it's a division game. The Vikings are not a very good football team, but I mean, the Niners also have a lot of injuries. I expect them to this one win this one for sure. But that Vikings game is still pretty disappointing. Yeah, and this was a windy mess. I mean, mm-hmm. if you watch this game, I mean, the wins were. Was it this game or was it the game before? But I think it might have been this game. Though it was a, it was a windy game. But you know the Packers, they have some things to work on. I think if they hope to get you know deep into the playoffs, especially in the NFC mm. with the Buccaneers sitting there playing, you know, okay, but with the weapons that they've got. Uh, Franny, anything else to add about the Buccaneers at the Niners? Or the Green Bay Packers at the Niners. Oh, sorry, the, the, the <laughs> Green Bay Packers at the Niners. Uh, nothing else to add, but uh, no, I expected that win, but the Vikings lost. That was that was interesting. All right, Friday. That's it for the Week 8 games. What's next up on the big board? Next up, Ben, we got the Week 9 picks. All right, we'll be right back with the Week 9 picks. All right, and we are back with the week nine picks, Ben. Who do we got first? Yes, Franny made a point to tell me during the break, let's see how fast we can get through these picks. <laughs> hey, we're an hour and a half in. Yeah, but it's my birthday. I know it's your birthday. But the fans don't care. Yeah, no, they don't care. They don't care. They don't Last week we went to three hours. Yeah, let's not. Let's try not to do that. <laughs> let's try not <laughs> to do that. Uh, first up, Texans at Jags. Texans, Jags, Ben. I choose the Texans in this one. Yeah, same. I think the Texans are playing pretty well. The Jags, and also the Jags are probably one of the worst teams. We were talking about some of the worst teams. The oh, Cowboys, they're the not Jets, as bad as the Jets the and the Cowboys. Jags are also pretty bad too. Yeah, they are bad, but I don't think they're in yeah, the that Texans category. Have a terrible record, but I don't think the Texans are that bad. Agreed. Uh, next up, the game of the week. <laughs> Everyone is begging to watch this one: the Giants at the Washington Football Team. I choose the Giants. I am again. I'm going to take Washington in this game. Uh-huh. I think Washington is going to win this game. All right. Uh, next up, Ravens at Colts. Mm, this is an this interesting. is probably one of the few 
interesting games on the docket this week. Uh huh. It is. Oh. Friday's taking his paper app because he's going to put his parlay together That's exactly as right. we go through. As we do these. Actually, there's a lot of difficult games coming up, except for the Steelers game. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I had very few teasers this week. A lot of the games I just bet straight up on the line mm-hmm. because I thought there were some tasty bets this week. Um, This one's tough. I'm, oh, God. Um, last week I got my ass beat. I'm going to choose the Ravens. This is a man, this is a hard game. I, the way the Ravens are playing, I, I take it 50 50. So I'm going to give it to the Colts because the Colts are at home. It, that's going to be, that's going to, that's probably the only fun game of the morning. Uh, Lions at Vikings mm-hmm. next up. I hope the Lions win this one. I mean, this, <laughs> I mean, you really could just throw a coin up against my yeah, the side I, of my I, house and see where it lands on this one. I'm not, I mean, that, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, uh, it should if, be if, a good game, yeah, but it's I mean, not. It That's the I sad mean, thing about this game is it should they're, be they're a game you want to watch. Pretty much on the same level. I'm not sure which team. Uh, it's okay. a seesaw. If, if, yeah, I know. Okay, Lions. Yeah, I'm going with the seesaw. I'm going to go with the uh, Lions as well. Back mm-hmm. to the seesaw because the Vikings. Did the Vikings win their last game? They did, right? Um. The Lions? Yeah, or the, the Vikings. Vikings, they, won they, their, beat, they yeah. beat Green Bay. I'm going to take the seesaw. Vikings going to lose this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Bears at Titans. A game that shouldn't be a game, but now might be a game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose the Titans. They're playing at home. I'll choose them. Whew, I'm going to go with my prediction earlier in the season, which was, or at the before the season, which was that the Titans were fool's gold last year and are going to implode this year. I'm going to go with the Bears. I think the Bears. This is the game where Nick Foles is going to prove that he's still that he still got Super the Bowl MVP. Nick Foles, even though he has no weapon <laughs> at all to speak of, and a terrible, terrible play calling. Yeah, this next one, Chiefs. Uh, next, oh Panthers or Chiefs? Chiefs. You're just going to automatically choose the Chiefs. <laughs> the you know Chiefs. Matt Rule has nothing to say. Chiefs. Doesn't have a quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater's you know terrible. Chiefs. You're going with the Chiefs. I'm choosing the Chiefs. I'm going to choose the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, next up, Seahawks at Bills. Finally, mm. another good game. This has the potential to be a game because they're playing in Buffalo. That is true, and I'm still going to choose the Seahawks in this one. I have and, to. And I they have don't go to. there that often. They don't go to play in, to in Buffalo very often. Because of my cousin and your wife, Ben, I have to choose the Seahawks. Hey, to all the married men out there, they know that I do <laughs> not have to simply choose my wife's team because she will be angry at me either way. Um... <laughs> Man, that is that. I bet on this game too. I bet on the Seahawks right on the line. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, I'll take the Seahawks. All right. But I think it's going to be within the close sp- within the spread. It's still going to be close. Falcons uh, Broncos Broncos at Falcons. Another game that doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything, but might nonetheless be entertaining. Mm, I'm going to choose the Falcons. Really? Yeah. Why not? Playing at home. They're the Falcons. I'm going to take the Broncos. <laughs> I know Atlanta had a good week this week uh, outside of football, but yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos in this game. Next up, Raiders at Chargers. Hmm. A battle. That's that's, that's AFC West. That's a tough one. You know what? I think the Chargers are going to bounce back. Oh, my God. If and they win had this any one. other head coach, if it wasn't Anthony Lynn there. I think they'll win this game. Which <sighs> is the Chargers. 
I want them. I want the Chargers to win this game because I think they have the talent to do it, and I love Justin Herbert. But they still have Anthony Lynn coaching them. It was funny to watch the press conference this week. He was screaming. He's like, we can't make changes during the middle of the season. We got to deal with the players that we have, and we got to deal with the coaches that we have. And the, and the and the guy from the you know from the media was like, well, you fired the offensive coordinator in the middle of last season. Yeah, that's something you do. He's like, well, so is that something you'd entertain this season? No. You know, you got to play with the players. I was like, okay, this is clearly off the rails in San Diego or in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, I'm going to take the Raiders. <laughs> that, <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? That took a while. All right. Yeah, but the, it was just so funny to watch it because he, he kept contradicting himself. Uh, Dolphins at Chargers. <laughs> or Dolphins at Cardinals. Sorry, Dolphins at Cardinals. Where are you going with this? Um, I'm going to choose the Cardinals in this one. Uh, because they're playing in uh, in Big Red, I'll take the Cardinals. Next up, Steelers. Ooh, this is an exciting game. Steelers at Cowboys. I mean, come on, Steelers. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Steelers. Yeah. All right, I'm just trying to drive front of crazy. Uh, next up, finally, a, a game that division game you know 5 20 in the afternoon pacific time saints at bucks mm. this is probably the most exciting the saints, game in the nfc the saints this week. won the first game right i think that was the first game of the yeah. season where they where they played each other uh i'm gonna choose the bucks in this one this is antonio brown's debut game <laughs> Much like he did with the Patriots last year, he will probably score a touchdown to make a point of it. Drew Brees can't throw the ball from here to the fire. We have burning 10 feet away. I'm going to go with the Bucks. Uh, next up, Patriots at Jets. Pats. You shouldn't say that. I mean, the Jets are pretty terrible. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, the Pats are pretty terrible. Not as bad as the Jets, though. You know what? I'm gonna take the Jets. Okay, I am gonna. This is the Jets' first win and only win of the season is gonna be this week. So remember this next week when you make fun of me, <laughs> the Jets are gonna win this game. All right. Uh, Thursday night game: Colts at Titans. Last game of the week. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Colts in this one. You know what? Fuck it. Taking the Colts. Uh, I'm take the Colts as well. All right. I think the Colts are going to win this game. I think the Titans' tailspin will continue. Franny, did you get your wish? Did we get through that uh, fast? We did. We for did. You? We did about nine minutes. That's pretty quick. Yeah. So yeah. I was just trying to. You I tried to trying extend to, it a couple of times. To, there. I was trying to please <laughs> Friday with my anecdotes and my witty banter, but she did not find to be uh, particularly interesting <laughs> or particularly hey, witty. Under, under three hours. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Friday was next up on the big board. Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our tag team news, our Thirsting Gold news. Your Steelers, my Eagles, sign the Seahawks. All right. I reversed the order this week. Who do you want to start with, Friday? Well, Steelers. They're All first right. up. The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Chets traded veteran linebacker Avery Williamson to the Steelers this week. Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News reported the Jets gave up Williamson in a 2022 seventh round pick for Pittsburgh's 2022 fifth rounder. This was official this week. General Manager Joe Douglas is bent on acquiring as much draft capital as possible in the next 48 hours or the 48 hours that preceded the trade deadline. The Jets have already traded veteran defensive lineman Steve McClendon and edge rusher Jordan Willis in the past couple of weeks. Williamson had nine total tackles. 
in the Jets' 35-9 loss to the Chiefs earlier this year. Uh, the 28-year-old has 50 combined tackles, three pass deflections, and an interception in in uh, the games this season. Going to the Berg. This was his tweet this week. Going to the Berg. He said in a video posted on Instagram, going to the Berg. Let's go, man. Get me to the airport. We're going to get that <laughs> ring. Pittsburgh, let's go, man. I'm hyped. I'm so hyped. I couldn't even sleep. Couldn't even sleep last night. You know me. I'm a baller. I'm ready to go hit shit, man. Let's go. I can't wait to be part of this defense. What say you, friend? What, well, what do you say, Ben? It's I say team. we got ourselves a solid backup linebacker. And I say everybody's trying to get out of New York. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Pretty yeah. much everybody is trying to leave the Jets right now. Uh, you know, he's nothing. He, he's not a starting linebacker, but he's a solid, serviceable linebacker. We obviously lost Devin Bush earlier this year. It's part of the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers defense to have linebackers and have linebackers on the field in you know, in in all situations. So I think this is a smart move by the Steelers, picking up a serviceable, smart linebacker, not a starter, but he definitely could fill in now that Devin Bush is gone. We have a little bit of depth problem at linebacker. So I like it. I like the move. I think it's a good move for Pittsburgh, obviously, but and giving up a, a draft pick two years from now is, is better than giving it a draft pick next year. What do you mean the Jets though? Oh, yeah. A state sale. Not yeah. even a yard sale. Everybody is sales. jumping ship. This is the house. In New York. This is the estate sale that you go to <laughs> where you see, you know, the 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 walker that has a toilet seat in it. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh my God, yeah. Somebody died in this house. Everything's gonna be for sale. That is the Jets this year. Nothing <laughs> and everything must go. That's a pretty good analogy right there, man. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, with Sonny and I used to go to the uh estate sales when I would see like the the handrails around the tub, you know, and the 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 walker. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is the house where somebody died. The kids are going to want to sell everything, as opposed to just like those fake estate sales where they're just really moving. Uh-huh. Uh Next up, Seahawks. Mm-hmm. After playing just 12 snaps for the Bengals in a 37 to 34 loss to the Browns and being involved in a sideline confrontation with an assistant coach, Carlos Dunlap knew his time in Cincinnati had passed its expiration date. After 10 plus seasons with the franchise, Dunlap has his new home and it's up for sale on social media, media expediting. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's my birthday. His, uh, it's only going to go so far, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it running out of gas? No, of no, course okay, not. not uh, pretty soon, though. <laughs> I can sense it. <laughs> Out of town before number before the November third trade deadline, only a few days later, wish he wish for a fresh start came to fruition as the Seahawks dealt B.J. Finney in a seventh round pick to the Bengals to acquire the two-time Pro Bowl defensive end. My time was clearly up, Dunlop said. The coaches came to that conclusion, and we had to do what we had to do. That's part of the business. Guys are dealt throughout the year, and obviously no longer because the trade deadline is up. But for me, it was just an opportunity to get a fresh start, go out, get on a team and an organization that wanted me clearly by the move that they made. Uh, though Seattle has raced out to six and one this season and sit atop the NFC standings through eight weeks of the action in this NFL season, the team had a clear need for a pass rushing out per pro football ref- reference through seven games. They rank 24th in the NFL in sacks at 12.0, 22nd in pressure rate, 20.3%, and 16th in quarterback hits. Dunlap is going to play this week. He put his house up for sale in Cincinnati. Do you think Dunlop and Jamal Adams coming back this week is going to make this Seattle defense something different than what it's been 
And we'll Most see. Of the year. We'll see what Dunlap does, but uh, you know, obviously Jamal Adams will be a difference maker. He was a difference maker early on in the season. Um, you know, we'll see how Dunlap does. I mean, I think it's a good move for the Seahawks, especially with as bad as their defense has been playing. That's you know some depth to the defense. I agree. Uh, just funny that he put his house up for sale. Uh, next up, your Philadelphia Eagles. What's, What's eating? eating Gilbert Grape? The division championship will be left for them to pick up at their convenience. The occasional game will be there to be won, even if it's on the final play. There are enough good players for the Eagles to be competitive on most nights, just as they were on Sunday against the Cowboys when they defeated their rivals 23-9. to That's what Carson Wentz is. He has well, or has been, and if the eighth week of the NFL season proved anything, it is destined to remain. He fumbles. He throws interceptions. And if there were an NFL rule against traveling, <laughs> the referees would never stop the arm-spinning motion they use in basketball. The Eagles won Sunday because the Cowboys were down to their third quarterback and should have used their fourth quarterback instead. They won because a product of James Madison, Ben DiNucci, looked like he was playing beach football, running for his life and flipping sidearm passes to nobody. He was tentative. He looked scared. He was so ill-prepared for Major League Sports that the only explanation must be thoracic outlet syndrome. It's for that reason, and for that reason alone, that Doug Peterson didn't have a mandate to turn to Jalen Hurts in time for the second half. The Eagles were destined to win any Anyway, against a team that has given up, and if it was if it wants to start the quarterback carousel spinning, he will do that on a night when they are in danger of losing. That will happen, and it will happen soon. By halftime, the Eagles were trailing nine to seven, and they were booed off the field by the seventy five hundred in the link. As for the cardboard cutouts, they just made faces that outburst. Long <laughs> incoming was reasonable and right. The Eagles had six possessions, five of which went ruined. One which he tossed a touchdown pass to Jalen Rieger. Uh, already having fumbled five times and been intercepted ten times through the first seven games, Wentz did enough in the first half alone to claim the Dallas Radio Prize for Cowboys player of the game. He lost a fumble in the third play of the game, the first two in the half, and threw an interception that allowed him to remain perfect this season with at least a turnover in every game just to be safe. However, Multiple. he ended the Eagles' initial second-half possession with an interception. The Eagles are off next week, but Wentz will probably fumble his fishing rod in a lake <laughs> to keep the streak alive. Friday, yeah, know, what it's terrible. say terrible. you about your quarterback? Terrible. I mean, you know, excellent, excellent drive, uh, two drives at the end of the game against the Giants to win that game. But I mean, this, the start of this game was 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 terrible. I mean, he he looked like he was lost out there. You know, two fumbles, two interceptions. I mean, the guy cannot hold on to the football. He has to play much cleaner than he has been. And I mean, he's had turnover problems in the past. But I mean, this is a whole new level. You know, I mean, he has the most fumbles in the league since he's come into the league. Um, and I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I mean, it could be the, you know, the receiving core, not the greatest players out there. You know, a lot of these guys are practice squad guys that, you know, started towards the end of last season. But I mean, he has to feel more comfortable with them, at least now. He's had a little bit of time with these guys. Um, but I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's between the ears, probably. He's trying to do too much. And he doesn't have to. I mean, the running game has been pretty solid for the Eagles 
the entire season. I mean, you know, all the running backs are probably averaging four or five. I mean, Miles Sanders is averaging 6.1 yards a carry this season, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. With yeah, Carson I mean, Wentz. I thought that was a great story from the Daily Times, from Jack McCaffrey at the Daily Times. I got to give him credit for that one. Uh, you know, it's it's I I'm convinced that it's that it's psychological, emotional, or something. It, it's not physical. It's not a physical skill issue because he played so well in 2017. I want to say yeah. when he had that great season. Even last, up. I mean, last year he played well. Towards the end of the season, he and, played yeah, well. He got you guys had a good the run. playoffs at the end of the year. He had a very good run at the end of the season, but you know, to begin the season, he's been he's been terrible. He's, he's I mean, he he's shown flashes where he looks like a starting quarterback, but the majority of the time to start the game, it's always slow. Um, you know, and, and just multiple turnovers every single game. I mean, he, there's not one game where he has not had one. Tra- it's every single fucking game, fumble, interception, something. The guy just cannot hold onto the ball. Five fumbles and ten interceptions. That's, through the first five games. That's pretty terrible. Or for the first seven games. Yeah, terrible, terrible. But do you think he can, you know, fix it, figure out a way to change it? Uh, you know, quarterbacks are hard I to mean, find. Look, As we the, say, they don't grow on trees. The offensive line, can obviously, guy, the offensive line obviously has not helped. You know, I mean, none of the starters are out there. Basically, it's Kelsey. That's the only starter that we have on the offensive line. All these guys are playing, you know, different positions, out of position. Um, and he's been hit more than any of the quarterback in the league. And so you're not surprised to see a quarterback that doesn't have his starting offensive line around him to throw interceptions, to fumble as many times as he has. But the interception that, he's, that he has thrown, it's not because he's being hit. It's because he's forcing things. Yeah. He's just forcing way too many throws where he doesn't have to. I mean, he could he could have thrown the ball away in multiple situations and just, you know, hold it live, up there. Just live for the next play. You know, there's no reason to throw the ball away like he has been in double coverage and triple coverage. I mean, it's 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 inexplicable, Ben. <laughs> Do you think it's salvageable? I think so. I mean, we've seen Carson Wentz play well. I think it is salvageable. He, he definitely is a starting quarterback in this league. He just needs to relax just a little bit. He's trying to do too much chill? out there. Just chill, bro. Just hang out with Chad. Yeah, bro. Cody. And yeah, Huntington Beach, bro. Just get some get some IPAs from, <laughs> from San Diego, bro. Yeah, go uh, shoot a deer or something. Peterson, you know, and the choice to take Jalen Hurts last th- year think, had think, something to do with what he thought he had at the quarterback mm, position? Because I mean, it, was a, it, was, it was a strange it was. choice it, it was. given what the Eagles needed. It was also a strange choice is. to take Jalen Ragor in the first round. That was also a strange choice. Well, but that's just... But I think with uh, with his injury history, it's always good to have a decent backup quarterback. And I think Jalen Hurts should be run out there to kind of like Taysom Hill is, you know, throw him in a couple of plays, see what the guy can do. I'm not saying, you know, start Jalen Hurts, but, you know, you can definitely have him take five, six, seven snaps a game. But what would be the worst case scenario? I mean, what if you started him? I mean, obviously, I don't think you can get in Carson Wentz's head any more than Whatever it is that's in his head is already in his head, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Because I want him to succeed when I when he you know I, I, when he when he runs out there at the beginning of a series and I'm rooting for the team. I, I want him to do well. I expect him to do well. I think he can do well. But this season, he just even when he's not under pressure, he's not making good decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's not the receivers. Deshaun Jackson hurt. You know, Jeffrey hurt time. on the trade block all the time. You know, he, he latches on to receivers like Fulgham mm-hmm. this year, like Ward last year, Ertz. and just Ertz, you're, you know, and he just sort of lasers in on, on a specific receiver. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, he's able to, you know, complete passes to that receiver. But, do, I mean, do you think 
he's the long-term quarterback for Philadelphia, or do you think it's going to be Hurts or somebody else? I, you know, I, I still think they're going to give um, Carson Wentz a chance. I, you know, I don't, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to take over the starting position anytime soon. I think Carson Wentz will finish out the season. We'll see how things play out. Even next season, you know, I think Carson Wentz uh, will be the starting quarterback. But, you know, halfway through the season, if he struggles like he is right now, then maybe somebody else gets to start. Yeah. I mean, I just, it, it's too bad because I think he has the talent. And, you know, if he could get his, his headspace together. Yeah, he's, 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 a lot of decision making, especially needs, the fumbles. He needs the fumbles are a, there's a lot yeah. Of he holds on. He holds on to the ball way too long. Um, you know, I mean, there there are you know plays that could have been made where he was sacked, where he went down with the football, and you know he just he just you know just get the ball out of the pocket, just just get the ball out of your hands a little bit quicker than than you know he has his entire in his entire career he's done the same exact thing where he holds onto the ball entirely too long and he just needs to make those quick decisions um there was that one was it a uh, third or fourth down play uh where he could have gotten rid of the ball picked up the first down but for some reason he held on to it he got sacked you know and the eagles lost possession of the football i mean it, it, but he does it way too often it, it's just it's just it's very frustrating for eagles fans yeah they just got to get a sports psychologist in there that knows what they're doing because i think he's got the talent all right, Franny, anything else to add about the tag team news? Nothing else to add, Ben. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, it's our drinking portion of the show. Wait, like we this, haven't done enough. This hasn't been like the drinking portion of the show. Drinking so far, but we're moving on to the drinking section. And Ben, we have your shot of the week. All right, folks, hold tight. We'll be right back with the shot of the week. <laughs> All right, and we are back with our shot of the week, Ben. And this shot is in honor of the Steelers, Ben. And as long as the Steelers remain undefeated, we... Well, I promised you, actually, that I would make a spicy shot for you every single week. And... Sorry about that. That (laughs) I had the hoodie on right there. That doesn't feel comfortable with the headphones on. But uh, as long as the Steelers remain undefeated, Ben, we decided to make um, spicy shots for you. You don't like the sweet ones, so we're going to go with the spicy ones. And I think this one will be the spiciest of all. Yeah, I'm a little bit afraid of this I'm trying to turn you off of these spicy shots. And I think this will be the one eventually because this one has Sriracha. Sriracha? Sriracha. <laughs> Sounds I, I've like never, okay. well, I've yeah. never I mean, actually, it's, it's a it's a newly formed state by the United Nations. A, yeah, the Sri, it's the, also it's the next, the to Shri, next to Sri, Sri next to Sri Lanka. It's also the Sri Rachas fought bravely for this land. But uh, no, it's it was uh, a hot Sri Racha. I've Very never had. Fight. I've never had Sri Racha actually, Ben. I'm not sure how spicy Sri Racha is. It's spicy. Looks, That's why looks, I was wondering why you. Okay. It looks it looks really spicy. It there's, is spicy. There's a lot of sriracha in this shot. So it's I know most, there is. Half of it is basically sriracha. I just poured sriracha in the shot glass, and on top of that, I'm taking his lime I, off the glass <laughs> just so I have it ready. On top of that, I layered tequila with a little bit of mango puree, with a little bit of lime juice in there, and also tahini. Obviously, there has to be tahini on the rim, Ben, and it's garnished with a little bit of uh, lime 
on the edge, and um, but that sriracha's not even moving. It's not even moving. No, it's co- it's coagulated <laughs> in there. Uh, it's cold outside, so it, I, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to end up. You know, when once it clumps up and ends up in our mouth, and how spicy it will actually be. But uh, <laughs> you know, we've, we've decided to dub this shot the Stilacha Band. It's for the Steelers. It's for you. It's your birthday. And uh, cheers to you. Let's see how this tastes. I'm sure it's going to taste like crap, but let's give it a shot. No, it'll probably be really, really good, but (laughs) but I can't believe you have half sriracha in here. Half sriracha, half tequila, half mango puree. Deep breath, deep breath, deep breath. You ready? I'm just looking at the tahini off of All right. Here we go. That's tangy. All right, right, let's do it. I'm a little scared. Okay, let's. You ready? Mm hmm. Luckily, the sriracha stayed in the bottom of the glass. <laughs> the majority of it did. I don't even know why you're trying to drink the rest of the sriracha down. It's it's almost like ketchup consistency. Ah, because you made the shot for me, and I have to drink it. But spicy. It definitely is spicy. Mm. It's actually hitting me more now. Um, that's better than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> That definitely warms you up just a little bit. I don't know why. Why are you still drinking that down? It's stuck. It's stuck at the bottom. It's not. It's not meant <sighs> to be drank. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you thought you could outdo me, but you can't. All right. Well, it's gonna be a jalapeno shot next week. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I shouldn't have drank that last little bit of sriracha. It's really spicy. Straight sriracha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty spicy. But luckily, you know what I'm washing this down with, Ronnie. A little bit of lime. Lime, but also, you know what I have here? Our very own beer. And what is the name of this beer that I'm washing this down with? Uh, was it our fifth round? <laughs> uh, seventh, sixth, yes. Yeah, so so it's our fifth round American cream ale. Is Probably still- the freshest beer we've had on the show in a long time. No, it's crisp. It's crisp, and it's also very fresh. Because <laughs> there's one thing there that Frane did not say. Tonight. When we were making this beer, and that was. I would want a little bit more crispness. It is very crisp. It is very fresh. Yeah. And it's a nice, beautiful similar, cream ale that we made ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's similar to what a Pilsner sort of would be. And here we are at two hours in, Ben. <laughs> and uh, where would you rate this shot? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get below three hours. I'm like, yeah, no, we we're are. not. We are. We're not. We're not. Um,. The shot I would rate probably about a eight. Really, that high? Only be uh, and the reason I give it an eight is because I think if we had it in a warmer temperature, yeah, where the sriracha the sriracha would mix a little bit yeah, more, a little bit better. So the shot itself would have been a little bit better if it were at room temperature and the the sriracha was able to mix with the mm-hmm. mango and the tequila. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hold that against you just because of the you know I can't hold earth and the, and the nature. <laughs> Against you, but it really warms you up on a but night it, like it, this. It's you're not going to find a shot that's going to be too spicy for me. I, I am I am into right. these shots, and you only have eight more to go. All right. <laughs> hey, hopefully, Ben. <laughs> hopefully for the Steelers, sixteen and zero. Yeah, season. but the first game that the Steelers lose, I'm going to get Kahlua <laughs> chocolate sauce, heavy cream, and whipped cream with a chi- with a maraschino cherry <laughs> on the top of it. With a Domino's sugar packet, you know, rim, just pickles the on the rim. 
Uh, you know, but yeah, that's that was better than I expected, but still not that good. I would say. Oh come on! Just It'll above, grow on you. Just, just give above, it time. Give it time. Just above average. I would say it's about a six. It, to me, these shots should be your Isla Scotch. <laughs> they will grow on you over time, and you'll realize. You know what? I don't know why I made any other shot other than these. But the tahina on the rim is really nice. Yeah, that nice was good. Touch. I'm gonna mix a little sriracha and something later, and you know, just uh, put in the beer. I don't know if that would work. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll give it an eight. You gave it a six. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our beverage of the night, which was for your birthday, Ben. <laughs> it's, it's it's your birthday scotch. I know how much you love the Ardbegs. We've had the Ardbeg 10, the Ardbeg Wee Beastie, the Ardbeg Wigwadal. I'm not, I still don't know how to pronounce that. And tonight, Ben, we have the Ardbeg. Corey Vrecken. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit difficult to pronounce. Hey, it's the Corey Vrecken. This is the Ardbeg. Hey, it's the Corey Vrecken. Ardbeg, Corey Vrecken. I mean, those are, I mean, it's a little bit difficult to pronounce, right? Yeah, it is. It's not easy. This is Irish, but this is the best I can do <laughs> tonight. So it's close by. So we're going to go with a little bit know, of. Scottish people are going to be pissed off at all <laughs> that you're playing Irish music in the background. Okay. All right, all right, we'll go with the Scottish. You might as well do French music. All right, there we'll, we'll go with the actual Scottish there, there, music. What was wrong with that? It's not as long. It's only like a, a ten second clip. Okay, well, that's good enough. We got it. And then and, you know, <laughs> then we'll play it again. And all right, we can all turn right. It off. All right. So this is the Ardbeg Corey Vrecken. Uh, the Ardbeg Corey Vrecken takes its name, takes from, its name the from the famously small font on its website. The famous <laughs> whirlpool that lies in the north of Isla, where only the bravest souls dare to venture. Swirling aromas and torrents of deep, peaty, peppery taste lurk beneath the surface of this beautifully balanced dram. Like the whirlpool itself, Corey Vreckham is not for the faint-hearted, awarded the world's best single malt in 2010 by the World Whiskey Awards. It's non-chill filtered and 57.1% alcohol by volume. That is crazy high. That's, that's a good amount. That's of damn alcohol. near 120 proof. Uh, the color is rich amber, which I concur with. The aroma is heady, intense, and powerful. Swirl the glass and dip your nose into the torrents of terry ropes, creosote, and linseed oil rising from a deep vortex. A collision of waxy dark chocolate with black currants and muscovado sugar pulls you under its spell with a burst of plump cherries and earthy pine needles leaping from its depths. From salty seasoning comes a briny character with tangy, crisp seaweed and smoky bacon swirling on the surface with hints of vanilla, spicy cloves, and blueberries. Surrender to its dangerous depths with the heady force of menthol, triangle, and chili sauce. That is way too many flavors <laughs> in there. Uh, the taste plunge into the whirlpool and torrents of taste. Well up on the palate, deep peppery, and chewy, bombarding the tongue. The first plunge brings forth chewy peppered steak soaked in pepper sauce with a tang of a crispy seaweed. As you descend deeper, encounter a mouthful of black terry espresso <laughs> coffee that coats the palate with rich melted I, dark I fruits. I don't know if I'm going to taste all that. And bitter almonds as the taste soaks in deeper. Star anise and hickory 
dry out the palate before a surprise yeah, chalky, effervescent, there. violent fizz to the surface. Wow. That whoever wrote that, Good you know, for kudos, kudos to you, man. Because <laughs> that is definitely you should be working on uh, Madison Avenue. Uh, the finish is long, deep, and remaining powerful into the finish with black terry coffee, chocolate coated cherries, and hot pepper. Sauce with lingering memories of your mysterious and dairy, <laughs> Jerry, daring journey into Corey Vreckham. Holy shit. That was pretty good. That was. I mean, it's almost like they just had a thesaurus yeah. of, <laughs> of of different flavors of different flavors. I mean, look at that. I mean, that that can't possibly be correct. Well, I, we might taste all of that. You never know, it, Ben. Was, it, was your was your? Yeah, uh, we'll go until four o'clock. In the, we'll right. go until four o'clock in the morning. Just uh, right. okay. Let's all right. We're just well, gonna con- we're cheers, gonna concentrate ben. on tasting the uh, happy birthday. This round, thank you, is for the black currants, and the next round will be for the. <laughs> Uh, muscovado sugar, and the next round will be for the plump cherries. Let's see on the nose. It's got a beautiful nose. It actually does. I mean, there's spiciness. There's stone fruit. It's got a smoky. There's probably nice, more smoky than peaty. There's a nice smokiness to it for sure. It's it's definitely color much more darker. smoky I mean, than look peaty. At the color on that, how dark it is compared to the Ardbeg Ten. To the Ardbeg uh, 10 is yeah, a very this is light a, gold. This is a dark copper. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's got a, a more thick, rich color, as well as probably just from the consistency, a little bit thick, thicker, darker. Yeah. And I mean, mouthfeel. Probably mean, a. You can stick your nose straight inside glass. And for something that's almost 120 proof, it does not burn your nostrils at all. It's just, just wonderful aromas coming through. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty amazing. I mean, wow. It's 115 proof, really? Yeah, but there's a little bit of fruitiness, the stone, I mean, that stone fruit with that smoke. You don't that say spice. you get some stone fruit in I there. mean, that, but you don't, you don't, you get it, you get it, you get it, you, you get, get it. it. Take it, take it, take it. <laughs> I get a little bit of the cherry mm. on the nose, which is also essentially a stone fruit, just a very small one. I'm a stone fruit, bro. <laughs> I'm not uh, getting the pine though. I don't get the pine. Not getting that. But there's sweetness. There's I do get a little brininess though. I do get a little saltiness. I do get a little salty brininess to it. But it's a great nose. I do. I mean, that smells delicious. I mean, that is a that is a delicious smelling. Yeah. Why don't they right sell there. this shit at Bed Bath and Beyond? There should be a candle, <laughs> a candle. that smells like this. Yeah. Get the Ardbeg Corvreckin candle. I think this might be the first one that I can pronounce better than you. Corvreckin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's see how this thing tastes, Ben. Well, I mean, it smells yeah. amazing. Corey Frecken. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might have finally <laughs> got one that I can pronounce as well as you. All right. Geez. Maybe not better, but just as well. Oh, here we go. Oh. Oh, wow. That nice spice. Holy shit, that's good. Smoke. I mean, just like straight smoke and spice. Wow. On a, on a I night still like, don't understand why on people... On a night like this, this is like the perfect scotch where it's cold outside and it has a perfect spice and a perfect oh, wow. smoke. Not so much peat, but man, that smoke and spice really hits you on the back of the throat and it feels so nice. I mean, it's got just a little bit of a note of peat on the back of the tongue. A little bit. But not much. But oh, that, but that, that smokiness. smokiness, the creosote... But that... that 
just the smoke. I mean, we've had oh, the other art bags, wow. and no other wow, art bags. Wow, 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 wow! This might be the best art bag yet, next to the original, of course. The original. The, that, that one has like that one is peaty, smoky, harsh. This one's not harsh though. It's not harsh I at all. Say it's harsh. It goes down smooth, but you get that nice this bit is... of smokiness and that nice spicy finish as well. I mean, it's like. It's almost perfect the way that that smokiness and uh, spiciness blends together on the finish, and it blends together in your mouth as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't. It's not. There's that nice creaminess. Bang, bang. There's it's, that nice it's together. There's that nice creaminess. You know, wow. and and both both flavors are sort of distinct. You know, you get that wow. smoky, you get the spicy. What is that spice? That though? is what really is good. What is the spice? What's causing that spicy flavor? Oh, that smoke is nice. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's a little bit of the hickory. Maybe it's a little bit of the. But that smoke is really nice. Yeah, and is, it's got the the, the this I has mean, more a nice smoke. a nice thicker mouthfeel. A yeah, nice, it does. And it has a nice coat your mouth it. really well. But that smoke, uh, that's it's like drinking smoke almost. It's 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 actually it's 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 a liquid smoke. It is, y'all. It is, isn't it? It's intense. I mean, the the I'm surprised that the. Like you don't the get description that. doesn't doesn't accent the smoke a little bit more. It's because it says, uh, I mean, a peppery, chewy, bombard. Yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely peppery. Pep. I mean, no, there, there is that nice that I mean, it's like the perfect amount of spice. It's the perfect amount of spice on here, and that smokiness. We have not had any sort of smokiness like that from any other art bag. The art bag ten has its smokiness, but it then also hits you with the peatiness. This one doesn't have the peatiness. But it just has that nice, strong, long, smoky finish, which is so interesting. Something that we haven't had on the show ever. Yeah, I mean, I, I this is different than the. It's different than the leg, uh, leg of Ulin, Far different than any of the R bags. Different than the Lafroig. because it starts off Dif- like yeah, slightly I mean, sweet. Different than the Port Charlotte. Bam, you're smoky. Different than the Jura. Different than the. Well, we've had a bunch of Islays actually. Mm-hmm. Um. That wow, good. this might be my new favorite art bag. At almost almost 60%, and it is that smooth to drink. I mean, there's no Yeah, please alcohol, remind me to be careful with this one. I didn't no realize alcohol, it was 60%. There's no alcohol burn at all. I mean, you know, usually when something is a high proof like that, you get that sort of burn. There is no harshness whatsoever. It's just smoke and spice, and it is that is a very interesting flavor. Yeah, I mean, where you, did you grab this at Total Wine or yeah, Total Wine? Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is that. Uh, I didn't see this. I mean, usually I go to Bebmo just because it's closer, <laughs> but I haven't seen this one. We have a you have a Total Wine right here. I do, but the Bebmo still closer. <laughs> uh, it it. I haven't seen this one on the shelf. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how new it is, and we've. We've tried, the, like I said, the Uguidal, and now the Corvecian or Corvecan. Um, but there's still the Anoa. I, I think it's like the Anoa. I'm not sure exactly how you, how you uh, pronounce that as well. That's that's another one that we have to try. But um, we, we've tried. Yeah, there's the Anoa right there. We're looking at that one. So we've tried the Ten Year, the Uguidal, the Corv- the uh, Corvecan. Oh, they have the Supernova, the barbecue smoker. Oh my God, that one looks delicious. What is the right barbecue there. smoker? I don't and know. they have the Supernova, whatever that but is. But that, look at that packaging, looks amazing right there. Uh, what else do they have? Scroll down just a little bit, Ben. We got the Wee Beastie. We had the Wee Beastie. 
All right, we're gonna have to try all. Oh, we have to do the black <laughs> that one. That Wait, which good. one is it? This one right here. Oh yeah, the black. <laughs> I'm afraid of what that one probably costs. Uh, actually, I don't think it's that high. I I just think it's um it's a little difficult to find. I didn't see that on the shelf tonight. I mean, I think this is probably of all of the. I mean, I know there are higher priced, much higher priced Islas out there. But of all the companies, this is not a low priced one. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, yeah, I, well, I mean, in like the the two hundred, five hundred dollar range. Yeah, they have a. I was looking at they have a two hundred dollar Ardbeg. Um, we should we should maybe pitch in and get get that get that one so we can sort of try the entire line of. I, I would love to. I mean, I think this is uh, what where I was going with that was I, I think this is probably the best line of all the Islas. I mean, the Ugodals was, I mean, they've all been pretty good. This is just a different... Oh, Ardbeg, I mean, of all the, the varieties yeah, they have. Yeah, but this one is, it just has more smokiness, but it's like the right type of smokiness. I, I just, it's it's hard to describe almost, but smoke and spice on the, it's just, it's I mean, it's, it's got great. smoke, great. it's got spice, it's got peppery. It keeps you coming back for more. Uh, this is, I mean, Ardbeg, I mean, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, this is a company... That when we go to Scotland to visit the the distilleries mm-hmm. on Isla, Oof. this is our first stop. Oh, for sure, it's our only stop. <laughs> I mean, this is they really do a good job, and and to think that we started just with the yeah, art bag, which art is bag. really the most obnoxious. We started with the art bag ten, then that's like their most obnoxious offering, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like the most peaty. Yeah, you know, I from, looked at you like, what the fuck's wrong with you, Ben? But you know, we've grown to enjoy these types of scotches. I mean, because they're so interesting, the flavors that come through, and they're all a little different. I mean, there's just that little, you know, I mean, even the Ardbeg line, not, not even the Laphroaig, not even, um, what else? I mean, uh, what else did we try? The Glen, or the uh, Lagavulin? The Lagavulin. Uh, I mean, but all of them have their, their distinct sort of flavors, but this one is pretty interesting. The Port Charlotte. Yeah, Frank looked at me like... It it doesn't start with Glen. <laughs> There's no Glen in this. Yeah. This is not nah. it's not Glen Murray. It's, it's not Glen Livet. It's not Glen. It's not Glenbeg. It, you know wh- why are you giving me this 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 Scotch that has flavor? I I don't want it. I want I want this non flavorful Glen Livet line. Please give me that. Uh, delicious though. This is good. Yeah, this is good. This stuff. is good. Sorry not to insult Glen Livet. I know you like your. Oh, of course. Uh, I mean, it, it depends on. But I mean, for for a cold night like tonight this is like the perfect scotch to just sit around a fire and just sip on wow and you'll get fucked up pretty quick and it's 6%. 60 proof it even tastes like it wow so smooth uh franny what would you give this on our thirsty goal this would be a 10 for me this is a rating 10. scale of zero to, yeah i shouldn't have asked him first yeah <laughs> now this is a 10 this one is this one is really good and it was highly rated at total wine it's my birthday you know you know what? I'm going to give it a 10 as well. Yeah, this is an excellent... I can't imagine a better scotch in the peaty, smoky line mm-hmm. than this. Oh, shit. Maybe maybe just a little more peat. But then if you want a little bit more peat, they have other offerings that have more peat. But the finish on this is amazing. At 60 proof, or at 60% alcohol, to be this smooth, this relinquishing of the finish with the spice, you know, with that smokiness... With the pepperiness, I mean, obviously, I don't taste all the things that they yeah listed in their in their description, but this is this is really really good. 
this might be my new go-to. And the bottle is amazing, as always. Typical scotch bottle, but it's got an amazing... That's just a smooth, smoky finish. I love that. That's great. You finished it, almost. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, just, it's just really different from anything we've had on the show. I mean, the other Islas we had, other Ardbegs we've had, but that finish is so smooth, so smoky, so smi- spicy, and just so enjoyable. I mean, just yeah. you just want more. You just want more of it. And I love that thick mouthfeel. And the creaminess, It's got yeah. a, a creamy mouthfeel. It, it, it stays in your mouth, even though it's got that kind of high alcohol content. It's almost got like a... I don't Oof. even know how to describe the mouthfeel, but it's it's got a really... It's almost like a bourbon, like a yeah. sweet bourbon it's, in how it feels in the mouth. Yeah. Not how it tastes, but how it feels in the mouth. Has a nice a nice thickness to it. It's it's it's, it's that's that that's is good. a good scotch. I'm not I'm not putting out that. I'm not putting that out <laughs> for the guests that come to my house. That yeah. is staying in the back because I want to drink that myself. Yeah, the entire bottle. Oh, that's good. So Friday comes in at ten. I come in at ten. That's a good that's a good art bag right there. Oh, for sure. Thank you and thank you, Friday, for the birthday gift. No, well, I well. Thank you. <laughs> I truly. It was, a, it was a birthday gift for you, but I definitely wanted to try that art bag. But sure. I'm sure you will be drinking this post production for the podcasts for the foreseeable future, at least the next few episodes, because this will disappear pretty yeah, quickly. That's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our beer of the week. It is from Huntington Beach, bro. It's an IPA, bro. I know how much you enjoy IPAs. So that's oh, why I got Cody IPA. and Chad were over. They said, yeah. you have to try it. <laughs> Xander? Oh, Xander. Well, Xander, you know, you know, he likes his blonde curly locks. He's got his skateboard. And he said, you have to try this IPA. It's a longboard, bro. Uh, long, is that in now, man? I, I don't even it know. It is, yeah. Bro, like, when I go to, like, Long Beach... What what's the university over there? Cal State Long Beach. Cal State Long Beach. Yeah, bro. By the pyramid over there when I'm on my longboard. Like all the girls are checking me out, bro. Yeah, when I go to Long Beach or San Diego, when Bobby makes my sushi, because <laughs> that's who makes sushi in San Diego. Bobby makes it. And he made it so good that last time he said, I'm gonna throw some hops in your tuna. He just threw he just threw some of those citra hops right in my tuna, man. It was so good. So good. All right, you want? He's probably laughing for some unknown reason. <laughs> that's just, that, was, that was pretty good. All right, it's our beer of the week. Yes, that's true. All right, so we have to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our beer of the week. All right, so we have our beer of the week, which is the Beechwood Amalgamator IPA. Ben, do you have some information for us? I do. This is the Beechwood Amalgamator from Huntington Beach, from the Beechwood Brewery. Amalgamator is a dynamic West Coast style India pale ale that's delightfully light in body and bursting. With unique aromas and flavors, a massive dry hop charge of mosaic hop lays down an aromatic amalgam of passion fruit, blueberry, dark resin, and citrus notes. It's 71 or 71, 7.1% alcohol by volume and sold as a full case or in four 
pack, 16 ounce cans. This is a beautiful, beautiful. I mean, this brewery is really nice. They have one in Huntington Beach, one in Long Beach. And look at that price. Mm hmm. A case that's, is seventy-three dollars <laughs> of this particular beer. So Franny did not spare any expense for my birthday well, tonight. No, it, was, it was it was it was like twelve bucks for a four pack. <laughs> so Well, this yeah. you definitely don't want to buy it from no, you, you their website. No, not at all. Uh but this looks like a nice, nice beer. They have let's see what they got. They got they have an IPA, a twenty twenty one IPA, they have a citraholic. The amalgamator that we're trying, they have a hazy IPA. They have a West Coast IPA variety case, and they have a 28 Haze Later IPA. I mean, these IPA names are very, very interesting uh, because they just sort of, they're all trying to outdo each other with mm-hmm. the name. But what made you decide to get this particular beer um, I tonight? Don't know, it it kind of caught my eye on the shelf, and I think it did also have a fairly high rating at Total Wine. Oh, it did have a high rating. Let's see. Let's see what we can get for the rating on this one. Amalgamator review. Look at that. Almost five stars across the board. Yeah. And Beer Advocate as well as other ones. Yeah, look at that. World class. Is what it says. Oh, world cl- from Huntington Beach, bro. That person says bright, crystalline orange, ample, fo- ample foam that settles to a thin collar and veil across the surface. That sounds like know. surfing. Yeah, no, seriously. Pour from a can. What's what else? Uh, try, um, okay, I mean, like it looks like everybody gives them a, a pretty high rating. You know, four out of five, some almost five out of five. And it looks like uh, if you scroll down, yeah, it looks like mostly four and five star ratings out of five. Yeah, so, for sure. I'm expecting Even- to like this beer. But will there be enough crispness, Ben, in this beer for myself? A little bit more crispness. I don't know. We'll see. I would want a little bit more crispness. That is your standard answer. Let's for see. all Let's things see. beer. Well, Let's Unfor- give it a shot, Unfortunately or your, fortunately. You got your glass right there. I got mine right over here. Let's see what kind of notes come through on the nose. Citrusy. Fresh. Hoppy. Oh, it's very fresh. Yeah, it smells really nice. Cheers to you, Ben. Happy birthday once again. Give it a shot. Uh, it's nice. It's very. It, I mean, it's it, very citrusy. It, it didn't very give citrusy. me. It didn't give me the pop that I expected. Yeah, I expected a little bit more pop, but on the finish, it is really nice, though. On the finish, that is a nice, smooth drinking, tasty, bitter IPA for the alcohol it, content. It does have crispness, though. There is crispness because it almost has like a. a um, a lemon lime sort of finish. It's 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 it's. Wait, does this have Christmas? Breaking news. We're calling this. <laughs> it is three hundred and six electoral votes for Amalgamator, and from coming from Huntington Beach, California, two hundred and six electoral votes for the hazy like IPA. Said. 
has a nice finish. It, d- it does have a really nice, smooth finish. Very easy to drink. <laughs> that was beer. breaking news, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. It it is. It's a good. It's 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 uh it's a very easy drinking IPA. It is. I mean, it has the flavors there. I wish I had a little bit more bitterness for an IPA. But as far as crispness is now concerned, I gotta record that. As thanks. far as, I wish it had a little bit as, more bitterness. Thanks. For as that. far as crisp, <laughs> thanks. Add more work to my plate. As next far week. as crispness is concerned, though, I'm very happy with the finish on this IPA. Yeah, I mean it's really, really good. I'm shocked. You know who didn't that win? you said you know who didn't it was win the election? What's that? Pliny. Oh, yeah, Pliny Pliny. For that's president. pretty. That's pretty sad. Because I was ready week, to go to a last week. We had that Pliny, which was amazing. And I know two, I looked at the I dumped out the, the cooler this week. That we had to choose from. Yeah. Pliny was the best. <laughs> yeah, Pliny, was the, Pliny was the best fucking candidate. <laughs> I opened up the cooler this week and I was like, and I saw the Pliny in there. I'm like, oh, there's one left. Yeah. <laughs> it was just an empty can. <laughs> it was just an empty can. Yeah. I was like, because I was all ready to like put it on ice for tonight, but it was. I realized I drank both. <laughs> and the you extra, threw it back <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah, I know, but you know, Pliny would make a much better president than whoever was on the ballot. So. This one not as good as the Pliny, but also a very good offering. Yeah, this was this was this is surprisingly good. I mean, I am. Um... Yeah, after last week, I this mean that was be... that was an excellent beer last week. I mean that that Pliny for president, twenty twenty. That was yeah. a really good, solid offering. Probably one of the best IPAs we've ever had yeah, on the show for sure. But this one. Also very good. Different sort of flavor. I mean, it's a little bit softer and it's not as thick. It's not as complex, but it's an easy drinker. And what's the, it's almost 6%. 7.1. 7.1%. That's actually higher than, higher than I would expect it to be. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is, it is. Yeah. I am. Sh- I, I, what's it's missing something. I'm just not sure what that is. I think it's just a little bit of bitterness because you expect a little bit of bitterness from an IPA. This one has just a slight bit of bitterness. And a little bit, the citrus on the nose, but not in the flavor. Like a little bit more citrus in the flavor. There's a nice citrusy finish to it. There's a nice citrusy, you know. But it's good. I mean, mean, obviously California, I'm sorry for my East Coast folks where I grew up. But California, West Coast, Colorado, we got you beat when it comes to the IPAs. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. You're going to have to live with it. You know, the East Coast camp can't be best at everything. Not at sports. <laughs> hey, baseball, we got the Yankees. Oh, 27 what? world championships. <laughs> it's been a little while. Lakers got like six or something. What? Or... <laughs> yeah, 17. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. Kings got like three. The Kings? Dodgers have some number in the single digits. Since they left Brooklyn, anywho, so, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but this is a this is a really, really nice. I mean, the, the flavor is nice. You know, it's an easy drinking IPA, it's, but it's, it's also it's, very fresh. You know, for for somebody that's maybe maybe they don't like uh, bitterness in their IPA. This is actually a very nice, fresh IPA that could be considered almost like a lawnmower beer because at seven point seven point one percent alcohol, you can just chug these right down. Ah, it's really nice. Maybe for somebody who doesn't like bitterness in their IPA. <laughs> There's a little bit. That There's would a be little my bit. reaction to that. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Henry. Henry. What do you think? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. You know, it's, uh, you know, just further down there. 
Does it? Has, has, has a slight tinge of bitterness, but then it finishes with that nice citrusy, those nice citrusy notes that gives it that crispness that I'm looking for. I wish it had a little bit more carbonation to it. I but. would want a little bit more crispness. <laughs> but that's the only thing that's missing is really just a little bit more carbonation, maybe. Just a little more bubbliness to it. Yeah, it's good. It's it's a really good IPA, mm-hmm. solid offering. Uh, you know, I mean, and the can is a legit can. It's like all the way from the top to the bottom. Yeah. They didn't just wrap it around there. Like the, the one from last week, which was, you know, you can tell it's done in-house. It's probably a small brewery, but man, what an excellent offering that, yeah. that Pliny last week was. Yeah. So what would you give this front end our thirsty goal rating scale of beers of is, zero to 10? I enjoy this one. This was, I'd say this is an eight for me. I'm going to give it a nine. All right. Because the more I drink it, the more I realize if I was grabbing something out of the refrigerator, you know, with the freshness, with the bitterness, a little bit of bitterness, with the flavor, how easy it is to drink, with the crispness, with the hops, I would grab this first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an easy drinker. Frane's coming in at eight. eight. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you give it a nine. Why? I mean, you like more bitterness in your IPAs. I do, but this yeah. this is so good. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a good drinking, fresh, clean. You can tell it was quality made. And there's something about it. It's got a little bit of a weird... Nice, nice. The hazy. finish really. I like the finish a lot. A nice hazy color to it too. But I like the finish a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, the finish gives me that dry, hoppy citrus finish that I enjoy. I mean, the Pliny was probably the wow. best IPA we've had. That was, yeah, um, amazing. But also hard to get apparently. <laughs> uh, but this was a really. I mean, I'm. I'm pretty shocked mm-hmm. at how good that is. You know, Huntington Beach. Not yeah. too far down the road. They do what they do. <laughs> what did you make fun of me? Oh, last week I said they got the defense going to do what they the, do. <laughs> defense got to do what it do. <laughs> Chicago defense, they did what they did. They just wasn't enough to overcome the offense. Yeah, but that's, that's a good beer right there, Ben. And what's next up on the big board? That's what I was waiting for you to ask me. Next up on the big board, Ben, is your betting corner it's the birthday boys betting corner and it's not an easy one this week there are a lot of tough matchups on the board no and we will get through this as quickly was that like the chinese league soccer right <laughs> what are you betting on <laughs> that was the the advertisement for yeah, it the is, it is china league one tightly is that really Chinese soccer? So, uh, Ben, do you think the Guizhou Hangfeng or the Beijing Ren? Who, who I'm gonna, I think a draw. I think yeah. a draw. What about the uh, Sich- Sichuan Jinyu or the Beijing Sport University FC? Uh, I think the one I can understand, <laughs> which is Beijing Sport University Football Club. Uh, yes, it definitely yeah, defaulted. I'm not sure. You, you, you know what? Take it easy on the betting. All yeah, right? When you start not... getting to the China League One betting. I'm is a that a real worried. soccer league? I'm a little, it, apparently it is. Apparently it is. But uh, let's look at some football here. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm definitely not secretly betting on soccer. Yeah, but the Chengdu, the Chengdu Queen Bao, they, they've looked good this season. Yeah, I think I bet on a draw a couple times and I hit a, a nice <laughs> big parlay on that. Yeah. Uh, but first up, we got the Seattle Seahawks at the Buffalo Bills. Seattle Seahawks minus three at the Bills over under 55 Friday. That's all you've been. Uh, this is a tough game. I can't bet on your wife's team, on my cousin's team. I'm actually going to take this one right straight up. Uh, I'm going to take it minus three. Uh, the Vegas plus 12. I'm going to take this minus three, you know, straight up. Uh, I think they're Seahawks are going to win by three or more. Next up, Broncos out Falcons. The Falcons are giving away four points at home with the over under at 49. No comment. Whew, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to take it on a teaser. I'm going to push the Broncos up to plus 10. And the over down to 43. Next up, Bears at Titans. The Titans are giving away six and a half points at home with the over under of 47. Friday, what say you? I know you got an opinion there. Um, Nick Foles. That over under, I would say over 47. It's interesting because you and I were both looking at the same number there. I would take mm-hmm. the over on the 47 as well. That's mm-hmm. interesting because that's the only thing I saw there that it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, Lions. The Lions are getting three and a half points on the road at the Vikings with the over under at 52. Mm, that's a tough one. That That's <laughs> one that I wouldn't even bet on myself. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings in this one on a teaser, push it up to nine minus nine point or uh, push that down to plus three or plus whatever that is three po- or push it down on the, on the push it down those, to, those to plus, really to plus to 3.5. And I'm going to take the under at 52, push the under up to 58 on that game. Uh, next up, Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> This this line is Friday's laughing at me. I'm like, could Ben add six points or subtract six points from a betting line? That is the question. That's a pretty close game, though. I mean, look look at that line right there. It's very close. But the Ravens at the Colts. The Ravens minus one on the road at the Colts. The over under forty seven point five. Over forty seven and a half on that one. That's an interesting one. I I, I was I was going to stay away from the over under, although I agree with you. But I actually took the Ravens. I bet this game on the Ravens minus one, minus one eleven on the on the money. Uh-huh. I actually think the Ravens are going to win this game, probably by a touchdown or more. Uh, next up, Panthers at Chiefs. The Carolina Panthers are getting ten points on the road at the Chiefs. Over under fifty two. I'm always going with the over when when Kansas is playing. I'm going with the over. Yeah, I agree. The over is going to pass fifty two. I don't know if I want to touch the the points in this game. Who knows what's going to happen here? The Panthers could keep it close. The Colts could, or the Chiefs could blow them out. Uh, the Texans at the Jacksonville. Friday is laughing at me. But remember, I warned you about this at the beginning of the show. Yep. Yeah, you did. You uh, Houston you Texans. What was going to happen? At the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, my God. The Texans are getting seven or giving away six and a half points on the road at Jacksonville with an over under a 50. Really? Okay. Friday, any thoughts? Nope. Not touching that one. Yeah. I'm going to take the Texans minus 6.5. I think the Texans are going to win this game walking away. 
Giants at the Washington Football Club. Giants minus three, or the Washington Football Club minus three at home, over under 43. Yeah, this one, you know what, the over under, neither team really scores that many points. Um, So I I might stay with the under on this one, under 43. That's actually, well, you're going to get more money that way, Mm -hmm. which I think is a better bet than the one I'm going to make which is the Washington football team minus three. I'm going to take it on a teaser, push that down to plus three and push the under up to 49 uh, because I think it's going to be close one way or the other, but I don't think I want to take a chance on the Giants being that close. Uh, Raiders at Chargers. Pick them. Zero. Over under 52.5. What do you think about that? Uh, Pick them. Finally, yeah, pretty much a pick 'em right there, and I think I, I, I picked the Chargers to actually win this game. Um, as far as over under, uh, I'd say over fifty two and a half. Ah, that's a tough one, dear Vegas. I hate you because I already bet this game, and I bet the Chargers. I think it was minus one. Not that it matters, but I bet the Chargers minus one. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna take the Chargers mm-hmm. to win this game. I'm not going to touch the over-under because it's Raiders and Chargers scares me a little bit. Uh, next up, Steelers at Cowboys. The Steelers Man. minus 14 on the road. Hey, look at the time, Ben. Over-under 44. It is 12 a.m. It is my birthday. It is your birthday officially, Ben. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Cheers to you, Ben. All right, we got to do a shot. Five. No, I'm doing a shot right now. Uh, but you can take a shot. I'm not going to take a shot right now. But uh, happy birthday to you, sir. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Five. Oh. It's five. Scary. Oh my God. Strange. Strangely enough, I was actually born at like twelve twenty, something like that. All right. Well, we'll do this again at twelve twenty. <laughs> but it's uh it was very early to the midnight hour. Well, actually, on the East Coast, so technically, it happened a few hours ago. Yeah, I got like three. Sorry, mom. <laughs> got three more hours to go. <laughs> You're actually a little bit younger now. Yeah. But I, feel, a few hours. I feel it. I feel it. I'm gonna go do some squats. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but what do you think about the Steelers? Minus 14, over under 44 at the Cowboys. That's telling you the Cowboys are not going to score it. How I can expect, it be How can it be over under 40, I 14? I the Steelers to score 20 points before the half. Unlike but, the Eagles. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. The, the point spread is 14. Yeah. But the over under is 44. Mm-hmm. That's essentially saying the Steelers are going to score. Basically all the points. I don't game. know. 21 <laughs> points and the Cowboys are going to score three. Uh, I would be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Steelers defense is too uh, porous against bad teams. <sighs> I'm going to take the Steelers on a teaser, push it down to minus eight. And I'm going to take the under and push it up to 52. Thoughts? Nope. Next up, Dolph- oh, you don't have a game this week. Nope. Dolphins at Cardinals. The Cardinals are giving away five and a half points at home against the Dolphins. The over-under is 49. That's an interesting one. What do you think? Uh, I'm not sure, Ben. It's your Benny Corner. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna push the Cardinals down on a teaser to plus 0.5, and I'm gonna take the over down to 43 in that game. I think the Cardinals are gonna win that game, but it might not be by more than three. Uh, next up, Saints at Bucks. The Buccaneers minus four at your Drew Brees led <laughs> Saints. The over I'd under say over over fifty one in this one. Uh, yeah, you know what? I was looking at that game. I agree with you. I don't think the the only bet there that I would that I really like is the over over mm-hmm. fifty one. Mm-hmm. Saints are going to score twenty five plus. The Buccaneers are probably going to score in the range of thirty. I mean, you would you would think that this would be a high scoring game. Antonio Brown's first game in the NFL <laughs> after a long layoff. I think he has two touchdowns in this game. As hard no, as it pains my heart to so. even, I do not think so. You want to you want to make a side bet? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Antonio Brown's going to have any touchdowns? I'm, I'm in not this sure. Game? I'm not sure how many snaps he's going to play in this game. You think he'll have any touchdowns in this game? He'll probably have like four receptions for like 56 yards. Do you think he's going to have any touchdowns? No touchdowns. Would you bet one bottle of moderately priced scotch (laughs) that Antonio Brown will have one touchdown or more? He will not. Do you agree on that bet? that's Best bet. All right. Fair enough. All right. I think he's going to have at least one touchdown, and that is a guy I hate, so I can't can't do it. Can't it hurts me. Uh, last up, Patriots at Jets. Patriots minus ten on the road at New York. Over under is forty one. That's a that's probably the most pathetic line. Yeah. In all of sports. Yeah, I don't really care. I would rather yeah. see a snooker bet. <laughs> or like a a cricket bet from Australia. I don't even know what to make of this. Uh I think the safest bet in this game is the Jets. I would take the Jets plus 10 because no, no. I don't think the Patriots can beat them by 10. Yeah, I'd say about 7. So, that would be that Franny is licking his chops <laughs> now that we have all right, almost let's get, let's get, reached the let's end. Let's get through this. All right, let's what's the next on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our housekeeping to finish up the show. Oh, uh, he hurts my feelings. <laughs> my birthday, he wants the show to end. Okay, we have Thirsty Gold Podcast, a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please head to our website at thirstygold.busbrow.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. You can check out our show notes and get links to all of the stories that we cover and all of the browns, the scotches, the bourbons, the ryes that we review. You get links to all the podcatchers in the universe and download or leave a review. How many stars on the review front? Five stars, Ben. Five stars. Pound it. Bash it. Crush that five-star review button, especially on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at podcastthirstinggoal at gmail.com. You can call us on the number in the show notes to leave us a comment or a question about the show. And you can follow us on Friday's amazing Twitter or Instagram account at Thirstan, where you can get all the pictures of the shots, the bourbons, the scotches, the rise. You get all the pictures of the shots that he makes every single week. You get a link to my moderately, you know, average (laughs) Twitter account at Goal Thirst and check out all of the polls that we post on there as well as all of the pictures 
and the beers, the bourbons, and the scotches that we review as well. Franny, anything to add before we finish up the show? Nothing else to add, Ben, but thank you so very much, everybody out there, for listening. Thank you all, and apologies for the drunken birthday podcast. It's Ben's birthday. Happy birthday, Ben. Thank you all, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) 